Watch your favorite shows anytime, anywhere with Hulu Plus on your TV or on the go with your smartphone or tablet. Shows like Family Guy, Once Upon a Time, New Girl Scandal, and even a bunch of the back catalog seasons of Survivor. Right now, you can try Hulu Plus free for two weeks when you go to HuluPlus.com slash Rob. This offer is for real. This isn't like one of those fake things like when Tony gives you a clue to the hidden immunity idol. Two weeks of Hulu Plus free when you go to HuluPlus.com slash R-O-B. From my apartment, it's Rob has a podcast. And now, here's the guy who would never, ever ask somebody the question, do you think I'm annoying? Because I know the answer. Rob Sister Nino. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our big Thursday edition of Rob has a podcast. Yes, that's right. We have our big show here today. Going to be another marathon survivor chat with you all. Happy to hear you guys are locked in and ready to go. Here's what we have on the agenda here today. So we are going to talk to a man who uh, we've had on the show a bunch of times now over the course of Rob Has a Podcast. It's been about a year since we had him back, so it was time to bring back in Marty Piombo from Survivor Nicaragua. And then these last couple of weeks, every Thursday on Rob Has a Podcast has been a throwback Thursday. So we decided to bring in Jordan Kalish to tell us about what's happening with the huge moment in Survivor history for each week, sponsored by our friends at Hulu Plus. And then we're going to talk with my buddy Alex Forstenhausler, who directed Reality Game Masters and also uh, was the director and head writer of the Rob Has a Podcast Survivor Roast. So we're going to talk to him later and talk about your voicemails and everything going on in the Survivor social media. So a lot to do here today. Glad to have you guys on board. So last night on Survivor, we had two people go out of the game. First was... Lindsay, who was not spared from herself because she quit the game after the vote didn't go her way. And then we also had Alexis, who was voted out in the more traditional sense, or as Nicole said on Twitter, uh, she said that Alexis was uh, consciously untribed. So you can <laughs> use, use that fancy terminology if you want. So uh, Alexis and Lindsay, they were my guests on the exit interview this morning, which you can also check out on robhasawebsite.com. And then, of course, Wednesday night, I'm always live with Stephen Fishback, and we had our Survivor know-it-alls. And if you missed that as well, that's on robhasawebsite.com. And if you're missing all these podcasts, there's an easy solution to that. All you got to do is subscribe on iTunes. It's robhasawebsite.com slash iTunes. Or for the iTunes feed of the Survivor Podcast, only you can go to robhasawebsite.com slash Survivor Podcast. And all of our links for the different shows that we cover are on the podcast tab on Rob has a website.com. Before we get to Marty, I just want to update you guys. So in the beginning of March, we decided to start raising some money for the Reality Rally in the Michelle's Place, which is the charity that Jillian Larson supports through the Reality Rally. And what we did was we said that all of the proceeds that come in through our Amazon referral links on Rob has a website.com slash Amazon. And also by clicking the links for the Amazon banner, we were going to donate all of that money that comes in to Michelle's place. And so through your shopping, you guys raised $295.64. 
which is very impressive. And so I will round that up to an even 300 and then we will donate that money to Michelle's place and uh, the reality rally. And uh, thanks. Thanks again for helping to uh, support a, a really, really great cause. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to be down at the reality rally, uh, at least the sat this for the Saturday night of the reality rally. I'll be getting interviews down there and I'll have those up for you guys. Uh, the, a couple days after I go down there. So that's going to be in about two weeks. So looking forward to that. All right, let's get into our, our guest today on the podcast. He is a man who was joining us for what I believe to be is the fourth time here on Rob Has a Podcast. One of my favorite people to talk about the strategy of the game with. Here he is from Survivor Nicaragua, Marty Piombo. Rob, excellent. Thanks for having me on. Always an honor. Love everything you're doing and always a pleasure to be on your show. Uh, well, thank you very much, Marty. And uh, good, good to have you back here today. So, Marty, what has been your take here on Survivor Cagayan? Because I think about this season and I see all new players. I see tribes divided in some inorganic way. Uh, we've got, we've got quitters. We've got, uh, people from the world of professional sports. This is almost like Survivor Nicaragua all over again. A little bit, right? I mean, and it's funny to uh, see what some of the people think about uh, this current cast. Um, interesting also that, you know, a lot of the folks that watch the show and that are big fans uh, are not always as uh, excited to see returning players on, on the show and would rather have fresh new recruits. And then then you get fresh new recruits like this season, and then, and then all you hear people complaining about, you know, the, the fresh new recruits. But I think it was an interesting uh, combination of attributes to assign to the three different tribes. Uh, I'm not always as big a fan of the three different tribes as opposed to two going into it. And I almost felt like it was a bit predictable in the sense that I think you have beautiful people that actually offer more than just the beauty. And I think that a lot of the brains were chosen, but many of them with attributes that instantly do not really lend themselves to winning this game and that's and that's become pretty apparent right away with some of them anyway all right well let's start off i guess uh with our top story that we should uh talk to you about because you were there for nayanka and purple kelly walking out of the game and i feel like i can still see your face in just complete flabbergasted that people would quit the game i know you were very upset about it. you and brenda i feel like uh, we're both the two people that were like hey we're the people that would be killing ourselves to be in the game right now how are you walking out of the game uh with this opportunity so let's get your thoughts on Lindsay quitting the game last night yeah, I mean, I'm always, and, I, and we've talked about this before uh, on your show, Rob. I mean, I'm pretty old school when it comes to the quitting thing. Um, there are people, again, I was a huge fan of the show, remain a huge fan of the show. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go through this experience. And I just, on almost every single level, find it just unacceptable to quit. It's just, you know, this whole show and this whole experience is about perseverance and sticking with it. And no matter what happens, just making the best of it. And you just never know with the twists and turns in this, in this incredible competition where you might end up. So in my mind, you know, quitting is just, it should not be an option. And I just, uh, you know, she would have continued to drive some great friction and 
and some great entertainment value, I think, without really having been over the top. Um, and I just was a little bit surprised by, you know, Jeff's reaction, to be honest, too, uh, when he came to the beach. I just, uh, I feel like the producers have softened towards quitters. And then again, maybe, you know, the other side of the coin is they certainly don't want to like another hands meltdown on their hands either, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that that was a factor of the brand, the brand enhanced thing had to have been pretty fresh in their mind of okay well what if somebody does go loco out here what do we do and how liable are we as a production if we have somebody who's unstable who hurts somebody on here you know this could be the end of the line for survivor yeah i don't you know and and i think that as viewers when we saw the brandon meltdown i I don't think anybody liked that It, it even you know i love the show and i love the experience and all the rest of it but but that looked a little scary. I mean, I really felt empathetic towards those that were out there having to, everyone's frazzled as it is and to have to go through that would be, would be pretty intimidating and kind of uh, would, would really be unsettling. So I get that piece of it. And I think that I think viewers in general would not, you know, are not that entertained by that kind of a meltdown. So maybe that is the prudent thing to do, but nevertheless, let's get back to the actual quitting. I just, you know, the edit is the edit, and maybe we didn't see what was really going on, but it seemed to me like, listen, there is no real reason to quit. I mean, you know, just pull it together and uh, and keep going, you know? There, there didn't seem a plausible excuse there for quitting. You know, I'm sort of of two minds with this, because I wonder, and I feel like this, we, people talk about this a lot when the whole Nayanka and Purple Kelly thing happened of should there be something done in the rules to change it uh, for people who quit and I don't know if this is a rule or not now that a quitter can't be on the jury if you quit the game you're not allowed to be on the jury but I think that they should go further and they should say okay if you quit you also are you don't get any prize money either do you think that that's a good idea or do you feel like it should be like hey if you don't want to be here then you know don't be here we don't you know we don't want to incentivize people who don't want to be here to stay no i believe people should be really you know motivated to stay in the game and by that i mean you know everything possible should be done to dissuade people from quitting and um you know as viewers we want to see a great robust full season with all players playing uh i would imagine that you know production and the producers and everybody else wants to see a full season with the cast that they painstakingly selected make it all the way through the season good or bad and uh, and therefore people should live up to their end of the bargain. So I think they should do everything they can to to make people want to stay in the game and to stick it through. I just I think that's the fair thing. I think it's what everybody wants out of this. Um, so I think they should. They should make it somewhat punitive if people uh, decide they want to just quit because it got a little too hairy or too frustrating or too touchy. Since we're talking about this, I want to jump to a question that I have for you from one of our listeners. So Nathan Meesum wants to know, what does Marty think about Jeff Probst's comments that basically praise Lindsay for quitting versus the way he handled Nayanka and Purple Kelly in his season? And let me read to you from uh, Jeff Probst's interview with Dalton Ross uh, this afternoon. So Jeff said, um, as difficult as it is to lose someone from the game in this manner... 
I was really impressed with the way Lindsay handled it. She was so upset with Trish that she was genuinely concerned she might get physical with her if she stayed in the game. She wanted to show her daughter a good example of how to handle a situation like that. Remove yourself from the situation. As for whether there were other contributing factors such as fatigue and regret, only Lindsay knows for sure. So I I do feel like that Jeff and... I don't know to what degree production, so I'll just keep it as Jeff. But I do feel like we're sort of like patting, you know, Lindsay on the back for not physically hurting one of the other contestants on the show. And I kind of feel like, uh, how did we get to a point where we are, you know, uh, proud of people because they didn't attack other contestants? Yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, um, again, we didn't, I, I don't recall hearing those specific words. I mean, I, I don't know that she said she would like attack her physically. She said she'd freak out on her or blow a gasket or I can't remember how she put it, but um, maybe there was some more detailed conversation that went on between Lindsay and production to determine how, you know, how volatile she felt she was. But um, yeah, I don't, I, you know, maybe she handled that well, but it's, it's still, it still sucks. And, you know, do you want to try to encourage that player to really reevaluate? So, I mean, what is this game about? It's about cohabitating with people that you may possibly absolutely loathe and hate spending a, a second with them, but it's about adjusting and uh, surviving and winning, you know, and that's, that's sort of at the, at the root of this whole game. That's what makes it so incredible in part anyway. So, and there's also this contentious relationship between Trish and with Lindsay. Now, I know in your season, uh, you had a contentious relationship with a, with a couple of players uh, from your season. But I guess uh, most notably, Jane. Is that fair? Yes, that's very fair. And, and so, you know, how at its worst, you know, how how bad does that bickering get between you guys? And does it get to a point where are you ever thinking of, boy, maybe if I can antagonize her enough, maybe she's going to go ahead and walk off and either if not quit the game, make some sort of a mistake or perhaps, you know, come at me or do something that's going to get her hurt her position in the game. Yeah, oddly enough, I'm pretty sure if I really rewound my whole season and and viewers that have a better memory than me can correct me. But despite that contentious relationship that I had both with her and or Nayanka, I don't believe that ever, not once during my whole season, did I have actually words with her like around camp. All of that stuff always flared up during tribal. Uh, We didn't really we kind of avoided each other or avoided contentious, you know, exchanges uh, during the day. Uh, I think I may have called her out after one of one of the uh, one of the tribal councils, but I don't you know, it was not a continual, you know, it's just you you can't go there. You can't you you have to avoid that there. That, that is a lose lose proposition. The rest of your tribe mates don't want to see it. They find it disruptive. It, it doesn't it doesn't do you any good. So I try to compartmentalize it. And where that stuff surfaces is typically tribal council. All right, let's get away from uh, the quit talk because I know it, it bums everybody out, uh, all this quitting stuff, and we've talked about it a lot today. So let's get back to the actual game. And so last night, there was a big decision to be made uh, before the merge of do we keep Alexis or do we keep Jeremiah uh, if you are the new Apari tribe? What do you think was the right decision for that group of people to have made? Uh 
you know, it, I think it could have gone either way, to be honest with you. And um, I thought a lot of those dynamics were really interesting. I think, you know, what, what Tony did with Jeremiah was, was fairly, uh, it was interesting. I thought it was fairly clever. I, you know, I honestly don't know if I would have thought of doing something like that had I been in his shoes. So I thought that was pretty clever. Um, and it, it had that sort of, uh, end result of creating a lot of question marks and a lot of dissension between the trial, everything, you know, you would exactly have wished to have happen. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, when someone's making uh, a, a better case or is looking more conniving and less trustworthy, uh, the, the, the tribe makes a decision on who they think they can trust in the long run. And I think they either decided that, you know, Alexis was not as trustworthy as Jeremiah and ended up voting her off. And uh, I don't know that we got to see everything that went on there. It didn't sound to me like Jeremiah did a great job of really putting forth what really happened. Every time he was trying to do it, it didn't sound very credible to me. So, um, and, and we didn't see everything going on there, but I think Spencer's a really bright guy actually. And I think, you know, you, you gather from this cast that there is some really strong, um, you know, avid fans of the show and Spencer definitely show appears to be one of those. And I think that Cassandra is too. So, um, they're pretty smart folks, uh, although they didn't show a lot of that in the very beginning. So they had to have had their, their reasons why. And I think keeping Jeremiah was definitely going to help them in any challenges they have left. Uh, even though they're, you know, we know that the merge happens next week. So now you played in a season which, similarly to this, you know, you started out and then there was a swap and then the tribes after the swap got got kind of jumbled up because uh, there were people who were working with people who had relationships with players on the other side. It wasn't just like, hey, we're sticking with our side. We're sticking with our side. So heading into a merge uh, like in, in your season, how do you sort of feel out? who is with who and what the tribal politics are potentially going to be at the merge before you get there. So I think it's super, super hard, right? I mean, until you're really there, there's so little that you can pick up during challenges and things like that. It's really next to nothing uh, other than maybe glances and body language, which a lot of times can't tell you a lot. Um, or while you're observing things, if you have an opportunity to be at a tribal like we did uh, once during the Nicaragua. But, you know, I could tell uh, through uh, eye contact with Eve and with Danny that even though I was gone from that tribe, that uh, I'd be back with them and there was no question about it. So and actually after the merge, you know, in fact, I, I did uh, and I was able to get back together with Danny. So I think it depends on the individuals and, and the dynamics of what the makeup is, you know, in a post-merge environment. But really, you know, it is, uh, the, the whole deck gets reshuffled and it's a whole new ball game after you've been split up and then you, you come together again post-merge. There can be no assumptions. There's no, nothing is sacred. Yeah, I think we're heading into a very interesting scenario next week where you have the the group of five that Tony has built now, where it's Tony, Trish, LJ, Jeffra, and Wu. And that seems to be a pretty tight group. And, and kudos to Wu, because he definitely looked like he was on the outs, but now all of a sudden it looks like he's in this solid five-person deal. And then... On the other side, you have the three brains, and you know they're together, plus a couple of stragglers in Morgan and now in Sarah and Jeremiah. And so it really will be interesting to kind of see how this group of five deals with these other six people that are on the outside. How do you think it's going to shake out? 
Well, I mean, if you believe, you know, the whole Tony screaming, you know, five together and five to the final, um, I think that anything's possible when they get back together again. Uh, but looking at, you know, what we saw last night, I mean, it looks to me like, you know, Sarah is, is no longer going to be a part of that group. There's, you know, at least in my mind, it does not, does not appear that that's going to be the case. So, um, I think, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure as I look at the makeup of who's going to be, you know, left to possibly swing to the other side. Um, hard to say, right? I mean, you've got LJ, Sarah, Morgan, and, and who else would, it would be in the, in the five that would, uh, or in the six that would possibly, cause we've got six and five. Am I right? Yeah. LJ is, right LJ is with the Tony group. So it's Tony, it's Tony, Trish, LJ, Jeffra, and Wu on one side. And then the other, the other tribe is the three brains plus Sarah plus Jeremiah and, uh, Morgan. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I don't know. You know, it's, it's hard for me to say. It's I don't tricky. know, Rob, to be honest with you. I really, you know, th- there's so much, um, so many kind of like solar, solo players out there that, you know, like Morgan, total wild card, a bunch of people that you think at the end are, are going to be swing, swing votes, either one on their own or, you know, together, you know, with one or two other people and might find their way to go from one side to the other. Yeah. Now in your season, you guys merged with 12, correct? Right. That's right. Okay. And so then uh, once once you get to the merge, I mean, how do you get the sense of if the tribes ha- are starting to reconnect or if there's something new that's happening? Oh, I mean, I mean, in, in my case, I mean, it became pretty evident who I could count on and, and, and who I couldn't and certainly winning challenges. And if you have to pick people to go on challenges, that helps shape. Uh, things before the first tribal, which you see a lot of before actually having to go to that next, uh, you know, the first tribal after after a merge. A lot of times we see uh, probes and crew uh, set up a challenge where some of the people need to go off, and that and that can dictate in many cases new strategies, new alliances, and how you end up going to that very first tribal. So. I think it's it's up for grabs, honestly, at this point in time, who who might flip to one side or the other. But, you know, I think a lot of it is is relationships. Like, I don't know. Is it possible? I mean, Tony could end up talking to to Sarah again. That that, that wouldn't be completely far fetched. I you know, I, I think it's a possibility. Well, let's talk more about Tony. And it was such a wild night for him because it seemed like you turn left he made a good move and then you you, uh, you would blink and then he made a bad move and so he had such a so much going on that you could do like a you know three hours just on tony but i guess let's start with this idea of hey i'm going to give a fake clue to jeremiah do you feel like uh is that a good move to be doing in the game? Because on the one hand, on the surface, it looks so good. But now you sort of made an enemy out of Jeremiah. 
you know, you kind of established yourself to be somebody who is duplicitous to Wu. And on top of that, he came back and told everybody what he did. So somewhere in the back of your mind, you got to be filing that away of like, wow, look at what this guy is capable of. And we definitely saw Jeffra and LJ both say, boy, you know, this guy, I'm glad he's on my team. But, you know, that he's this is crazy stuff that he's doing. Yeah, so, you know, I keep saying this over and over again, and I, and I know it sounds, you know, mildly generic, but in this game, like, everything you do has always a a, a, a double-edged sword to it, right? Which is, you know, if you're a really strong player, you know, they want to keep you around because you've got a lot to contribute. But if you're a real strong player, you're also a threat and people want to get rid of you. You know, if you're old, people want to get rid of you because, you know, you're a liability, but then, you know, you're also not a threat, so people want to keep you around. Like, everything has two different ways it can go. And I think what Tony is is doing a lot of, which is that double-edged sword, which is he's showing, uh, you know, on some level, a strategic understanding of the game and manipulation and and being uh, deceptive. And these things are, are can potentially get you farther in the game. It can be good, but a lot of people are going to start stopping, pausing, and taking a look around and saying, is this the guy that you're going to hit your wagon to, and can you trust him? And, and he knows enough to know that that's a liability because he addressed it last night when he told everybody what he had done. He said, listen, but I'm really with you guys. Like, you know, I, I did all that, but I'm never going to do it again. Like, you can trust me going forward, which um, – a lot of people are not necessarily going to believe and that's not what they're going to go with. So I think a lot of attention is being drawn to him. And in this game, anytime you draw attention to yourself, I think winning the game is a very careful balance of how and when you slide into the leadership position in such a way that doesn't draw an enormous amount of attention to you. Yeah. I think you touched on a lot of interesting things there. I I think that the whole idea of survivor is that the game is designed for you to be a wolf in sheep's clothing. And the way that Tony is playing the game right now, he's basically a wolf in wolf's clothing where, you know, he's playing so hard and, and like, pulling all this stuff, but it's very transparent and everybody can, even though that, you know, they're being deceived in the moment, everybody kind of knows that he's up to something and he's getting a little bit of a reputation. And the problem for him, just like Russell found out two seasons in a row, is that at the end of the day, people don't reward that behavior even boston rob on the first all-stars it's like you can you know be the heavy and you know just bulldoze your way to the finals but that jury is not going to give you the money unless they feel good about you and the idea and i feel like what the really great players do are able to sort of you know have their cake and eat it too where they get the results they want but they're not seen as the person who is the one that is really you know being you know pulling the wool over their eyes i guess um you know, that's probably the wrong, the wrong choice of words. Cause I know that people, you know, this person is the figurehead, but they feel like that this person wasn't doing wrong to them. They were just, they were, if you can be seen as playing the game, that's one thing. But if you can be seen as like going out of your way to screw people over, like the way Tony is doing here with some of the things he's doing, I feel like that's not going to be rewarded by a jury. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's the hardest part of this game, honestly. I mean, there's very few people, I think, that um, do a great job of waltzing into the finals and being sort of hands down that person that didn't really piss anybody off and 
you know, like Kim Spradlin, for example, you know, it's just one of these, you know, one of the best where, where you see, yeah, you know, where it's like, wow, how did you possibly do that? You know, I mean, a lot of things need to fall into place and who was on that season and all the rest of it. But that's really, really hard to do. And especially given the type of uh, personalities that are chosen to be on the show, you know, it's typically type A people that want to control and uh, and run the show for the most part. So how, how do you reconcile that with this many people that are, you know, all vying for that same type of uh, position for the most part? And you use the example of Kim, like Kim would never, you know, then go back and tell, you know, her alliance and sort of like gloat about it. Like, uh, oh, my God, you guys won't believe what I'm telling Troyzan and what I'm what I'm doing to this. And I'm, I'm, don't worry, I'm, I'm telling all you guys the truth. But, you know, I'm lying to Leaf and I've got all these other things going on. And at some point you say, boy, you know, Kim really is uh, she's really playing hard. You know that I think that the people who really understand the game i feel like that um maybe to the camera to the people at home you can talk like that but you just you can't get that sort of a reputation in the game because i don't think you get rewarded for it at the end of the day yeah no i think it's safe to say i i would i would put big money on tony maybe getting pretty far in the game but definitively not uh he's not in contention to to win Marty, do you think that Tony is an all-star? Do you think that they will bring Tony back? Uh, potentially, I think, um, especially because, you know, as a returning player, I think he would be, again, potentially, you know, if he were to learn from the first season, because I think there's so much to learn from the first time you get on. As I've said many times before, when I rewind my experience, I was pretty clueless. I mean, I thought, of course, I was like master of the universe at the time, but I think you're just so captivated and, and caught up in everything that's happening that you're just convinced that you're, you know, uh, bulletproof. Uh, I think if you were to look at his season and uh, pick up on things that he could do differently, I think he could be a, a force. I mean, I, he definitely, he, he's one of those characters that you could imagine very easily coming back on an all-star. Yeah, I think that Tony, you know, again, assuming, you know, if he gets a little bit more longevity in the game, I think he would be a, a great person to bring back. But I really don't think it would go well for him on a return trip to Survivor because, you know, just like I was saying about, you know, being a wolf in sheep's clothing, once you've established that you are, you know, a wolf, people aren't going to quickly forget that. And believe me, I know from Survivor All-Stars where, you know, you get people, once people are like, oh, yeah, this person really knows what they're doing, then that's going to be hard for people to get out of their heads. And a, probably a better example than even myself would be Russell, the, the time that he came back after people had seen his two seasons where people were like, hey, I'm not going to let Russell do to me what he did to all those other people in Samoa and on Heroes versus Villains. We're going to just take him out of the loop and we're not even going to give him a chance. And I think that Tony, if he were to come back, I think that the other players would probably say, boy, I don't want Tony, you know, telling me this story, telling me this fake clue, you know, seeing all the things that he did. I feel like he has a, a tough road ahead of him to come back. Uh, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, as I, I'm not saying I completely rethinking my response, but I would, I would agree with you on that. That is true. Yeah. Um, again, I just feel like the, the key to this game is, uh, subtlety more, more than anything. I think it's just, it's subtle moves as well. You know, you, you have to make big moves, but I feel like, uh, it's not necessarily 
you know, the the moves leading up to it are all minor, 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 and then the result is big. I don't know if the actual, you know, plots along the way need to all be, you know, bomb after bomb after bomb to get to the result that you want. No, it's true, but especially for first-time players, you know, and, and myself included, you know, you uh, <laughs> everyone sees those moments and the blind side and the rest of it as big moves as being very exciting. We know as viewers, we like seeing it a lot of the time. So, you know, first time players are caught up in so much of that and playing this game subtly can, can be very, very challenging for many of the personalities. I know for me, uh, you know, subtlety, not so much my strength. Well, give me an example. What are some of the, the things that you're referencing? Um, you mean in terms of big moves or no, in terms of things that you, that you say, boy, looking back at myself in the, in the time that I played, um, boy, these are things that, you know, I zigged when I should have zagged. Uh, I think way too outspoken at, at tribal. Um, that's, that's a place where if you really watch carefully, you know, people like Tyson and others extremely measured in what they say, say less, less is definitely better than more when you're a tribal um, everything and anything you say is particularly scrutinized when you're a tribal. So I think I did way too much talking in tribal. And I think part of it was, though, to save my ass once I was on the rope. So I don't mind that piece of it. But generally speaking, just way too much. And I think just tempted to give Jeff what he's looking for, too, and to play along with, you know, what he was looking for and what he wanted uh, is, is just an incredible temptation, I think. And you have to resist that. Um, and, uh, and around camp, I, I think I could have, you know, been far more subtle and, uh, and not been as, uh, black and white as well in terms of, you know, what, uh, what you see is something that you absolutely would not tolerate. I mean, there's people that, and especially the younger tribe in my case, they had no problem with Nayaka stealing and food and all that. And, and, you know, different personalities and older people and myself included, you should have just said, you know what? whatever happens here, I just got to let it go because otherwise it's just, it's not going to help me. So those are some of the, some of the mistakes that I think I would have, I would have definitely have changed if I could have. Yeah. I've said this many times that I feel like, uh, I don't know what they've done here by not having you back. I remember Marty, when you got voted out on survivor Nicaragua, I said, okay, here's Marty. I think we're going to be seeing him again soon. Um, and I, I've been very surprised now that we're now six or seven seasons past this, and now uh, we, we still have you on only one time on Survivor. Uh, you're really trying to hurt me, man. Um, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, you're, that's both flattering and I appreciate it. It just only reminds me that uh, uh, you know you can come close, but until you're back on again, you're not. And, uh, and it's something that I, I know it sounds weird. I mean, here I am. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a 52 year old dude, uh, you know, good job, established company and all the rest of it, you know, family, kids. It's not like there's anything that's really missing, but I watch this game every Wednesday and it still gives me butterflies in my stomach to think about, you know, putting myself in somebody's shoes on any given episode or how I would have played it differently or what I would have done in that circumstance. And it is so still vivid and riveting to me. I just, uh, you know, I mean, I don't have to tell you. So yeah, I would, uh, there's nothing that I would like more. And maybe when they need, uh, an an old, uh, white collar executive that's, uh, easily disliked by somebody, they'll have me back on. 
Uh, well, we'll keep we'll keep our fingers crossed. <laughs> um, let's talk about immunity idols because uh, you uh, famously had an interesting experience with your idols on Survivor Nicaragua, and I know to a, uh, a certain degree uh, you were outed about having your having your idol, so you were sort of without the choice of keeping it private. That that's am I misrepresenting that, or that's accurate? No, and I think, you know what, enough time has gone by here that I'll just admit something else that happened during my season, and I don't know whether CBS cares or not. But when I when I found my immunity idol, you know, immediately I got whisked away by uh, production for interviews, and we went across the way on this lagoon. And at the end of the lagoon, after the interview, where it was all nonstop about the idol, they did a sound check, and they could pick up Jimmy Johnson's voice across the way in the lagoon. So... I immediately realized, crap, if they were able to pick up his voice across the lagoon, I'm sure he was able to pick up our voices the other way around. And who knows what he heard. So sure enough, as soon as I came back to camp, Jimmy, you know, confronts me and says, hey, listen, I heard everything. I know you have the idol. And if you don't tell everybody, I'm going to tell them for you. So I found myself in this predicament that, you know, and I, I raised the stink and, you know, I demanded to see Burnett and Jeff and everybody else. And how could this happen? I mean, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. And uh, what were they to do about it? They said, you know, they said that maybe Jimmy was just bluffing and he hadn't heard anything and he was just, uh, you know, making a guess. But in any event, what happened was Jill, uh, Jill also agreed with Jimmy. Jimmy had talked to Jill and Jill said, Marty, I think you got to do it. So, I had to reveal something that never, ever in my life would I've ever revealed that. Yeah. And then you were sort of in the same situation when you got to the other tribe, too, because I think Jane was with you and she had known that you had the idol, right? Right, exactly. And she was going to tell them, which, of course, she did tell them. So I just said, well, I'm not going to give her, you know, the both the pleasure and sort of get any any accolades for giving them information. And I thought I'd, I'd, I'd nullify that right away. Yeah. And then, of course, then uh, you guys got into the business of Sash says, uh, give me the idol. And then, uh, you, you know, you sort of trade it for a couple more days in the game uh, with those guys. So um, lots of drama with the idol from Survivor Nicaragua. Yep. But now yep. here's now Tony has an idol and now also uh, LJ has an idol. Do you feel like is there anything that those guys should be doing as we approach the merge? Could the immunity idol help them in any of the non-obvious ways of playing it for themselves when we get to this potentially game-changing vote next week? Yeah, boy, it's tricky, right, though? Um, really, really tricky to do that. There's nothing we like seeing more than something like that. I mean, poverty is giving away two of them to people other than herself during that tribal goes down is one of my favorites. Uh, but do you know enough of, with certainty around the dynamics of what you're about to do to give something up that might end up slitting your own throat is is very, very dicey. But there'd be nothing better than that. But boy, you better really, truly understand the dynamics and have, you know, like as much certainty as you can ever have in that game that you're doing the right thing. Well, there's a couple different ways to go with all these idols in play next week where it's like, you know, does the LJ and Tony side one, does LJ and Tony's, you know, have somehow have the conversation to find out that each other has an idol? Um, do those guys end up playing their own idols? I mean, do they sort of like do the thing by, hey, Sarah, I want to show you the idol uh, to to win you back over or, you know, 
I don't, you know, lots of lots of different uh, calculations and permutations going into this really crazy eleven person vote next week. True. No, absolutely. And until uh, we see at least the very beginning of next week's episode to understand where the chips are beginning to fall, maybe you can save somebody. But all you know. All, all the wheels are going to have to turn at the same time and, and things are going to have to fall into place just precisely to pull that kind of move if, if that's what you're thinking about or if that's what it could potentially be con- contemplated. All right. Uh, so, Marty, I have so many questions here for you from the listeners of Rob Has a Podcast. So uh, let's let's start to uh, jump into them because I know uh, you don't have all night to uh, talk to me about Survivor. As much as you want, Rob. <laughs> All right. Um, let's start here. Uh, Felipe Chimon wants to know, who is the master of all chess masters, you or Spencer? Um, I would have to say me. I mean, obviously, right? But uh, but Spencer is a close second. I mean, he's a young buck, 21 years old, you know. Uh, he's got a little ways to go before he can be truly crowned as the chess grandmaster. <laughs> That's right. Now, now, you are a fictional chess grandmaster, correct? 100 percent fictional (laughs) yeah um but spencer who is an actual chess master i believe he's very taken with uh the marty piombo i think he's he's a fan of yours is that right well i'm going back to i'm looking at his bio on cbs.com and they asked him um what the survivor contestant that you are most like he said uh, I have the cleverness and strategic planning of Stephen Fishback, but the personality of Marty. And like Marty, I am a natural leader and can come off as pompous or bombastic. Also, I share Marty's disdain for Jane on Survivor 21. That's- wow. I'm telling you right now, I love this guy. That's unbelievable. I had no <laughs> idea. You didn't, I can't believe you didn't know that. Yes. Oh, that is... That is so awesome. That is so great. I, I really started to take a liking for this guy just because he has shown and you know directly how much he just is such a hardcore fan of the game. And when that comes through for any one of these people, you love that. Everybody loves that, right? And and not everybody is. A lot of these people, as we know, had no clue what the game was going into it. And uh, and that's that's beautiful. God, uh, good for him. <laughs> also, I saw a secret scene with. Spencer today where he was talking about uh, Lindsay quitting the game and he was talking about how he was disgusted by it because there's so many people that want to be there and for her to throw away the opportunity it was uh, disgusting to him yes I, I heard um, I saw something on Facebook today where someone referenced that uh, that video actually yeah so yeah good good job by Spencer I know a lot of people are very, you know, are, are really like the fans get pissed. And I'm sure you saw it firsthand with all the Nayanka business. And, you know, I, I do my exit interview with them. And I know that there's always people that aren't that are saying, you know, well, why aren't you harder on them? Why don't you, you know, t- really tell them off and say, you know, why did you take the spot that belonged to me on the show? Or, you know, not in so many words, but people want to, you know, to really, you know, come down on them. And, you know, I, I don't know. Like I, you know, I think that my opinion on people who quit the game is pretty much, you know, well documented. But I just feel like, what are you going to do? You know, I'm not the parent. You know, or am I going to really like, uh, like, what did you do? What did you do? How much could you really get into it with them before they hang up the phone? 
You know I don't I mean? know. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I really don't know, Rob. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's go to what, now. What, what would you say to the uh, Lindsay if you talked to her on the phone? Uh, I mean, like I said before, I mean, I would just, I, I guess I would ask her like, Hey, really, you know, what, like what was really going on? You yeah. know, what was really going on? Because you, you want to feel like, I mean, you can't tell me like, Oh, it was too cold. I was too hungry. I was like, then I'm sorry, then you're an idiot. You should have never applied for this, for this experience. I mean, that is what it's all about. And that's why, even though you could, I mean, if you told me literally, yeah, I really literally thought I was going to smash a coconut against Trisha's head, which I probably would too, if I was in her shoes, but, um, uh, then I could maybe say, okay, uh, maybe you were just, you know, yeah, you were too volatile, too volatile. And maybe they should have done a better part, a better job on the, on the psyche valve, I guess. Um, but I would have really tried to better understand what, what, what happened that was so traumatic that literally allowed you to throw away an experience like this, that, you know, you will regret forever. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean that's pretty much what we talk about. I mean, it's just you know, I don't know how much you can you can really you know rake these people over the calls. You know, when um, <laughs> it's like I know, but we're all pissed. But what are you going to do? Um, so let's go into Brandon Jadwan wants to know. Uh, I can't figure out if Tony is more like Russell Hans or Philip Shepard. What do you think, Marty? Um, I think he's a little more like Russell Hans, to be honest, between those two. I don't, you know, uh, Philip was more of a, you know, full on showboating um, and almost like creating a separate and distinct persona. I think Tony is Tony. And uh, yeah, I think he's just cunning and cutthroat. And uh, yeah, that, that would be my opinion on that. That's my response. anyway. OK, Brad Craig wants to know, Marty, I'm a big fan of Tony's gameplay. His final five comments were not hubris, but clearly intentional to solidify his own tribe and protect Sarah. The brains didn't even consider her flipping after that and took out a beauty. When they merge, it will take him 10 seconds to sell Sarah on this. And he knows it because Sarah needs to trust a fellow cop. Marty, are you buying the conspiracy theory that... Uh, Tony intentionally yelled out the final five comments to protect Sarah. Uh, even if he did, and let's just say for a second that that's, you know, not a bad move. I think that all the other reasons why screaming that is not a great reason. There's a lot of other things you can do for that. I don't think that that necessarily saved her. And I don't think that it necessarily did everything we're, we're saying it possibly could have done. So I think it, there's more risk involved with screaming that than there is, you know, a, a super strategic move to spare her from being ousted at tribal. Yeah. I, that's a little far fetched for me to believe that he would think that you know, even come up with that plan of, okay, I'm going to yell final five and that's going to make them say, Hey, Hey, what do you mean? They're not, she must not be in the final five with them. So that means that, you know, then she, she she's with us and she'll be safe. And then, she, and then, um, you know, it's just, it's too much. Like these are, yes. this is, these are reality show contestants. Like, uh, this isn't like something that would happen like on, you know, house of cards or, you know, some uh, breaking bad or one of these, uh, dr- you know, drama TV shows where there's all these plots and everything. Um, all right. So 
Let's see. Uh, let's go to uh, Nick Fishman. Uh, does your view of quitters differ on the timing of them quitting or do you hold each quitter to the same regard? Uh, does it matter when a quitter quits the game, Marty? Does that uh, change anything for you? Well, I mean, I would say the, the disgust meter goes up, you know, the farther people make it in the game. And in my case, you know, I mean, it was like, uh, I think literally the way Brendan and I looked at it was that would have changed the entire outcome of the experience for us because I believe that if either one of those people had been, especially Nayanka, had quit, you know, a couple of days earlier, um, we would have still been in the game. So, um, people that make it farther is more aggravating because my God, you were that much closer to the prize. Right. How could you possibly blow it? Um, but people that, you know, decide to quit in the very beginning, it's like, what the hell were you thinking in the first place? Like, I mean, there are tens of thousands of people lining up that would give, you know, anything to uh, live through that experience. And you lasted a few days and then decided to walk. That's, that's equally despicable as well. All right, uh, Antonius Noel Gary Fallow uh, wants to say, uh, let's say Solana lost the immunity, okay? And then Trish, for whatever reason, was voted out. Could Marty discuss the irony of Trish and Lindsay at Ponderosa and what would happen? <laughs> well, that would be classic, right? Oh, that's great. Oh, that's that's really, uh, wow. Could you imagine that? Holy cow. Um, yeah, that would make for some, you know, a full episode in and of itself. Forget about the uh, Ponderosa videos. I think that would deserve a, a special, a special episode. So, um, yeah, I would. Uh, wow. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. That would be incredible. Okay. Uh, Dan Heaton wants to know, is Tony really playing to win? It seems like he's more interested in just being a big character and starting trouble. What do you think? Is Tony out there uh, really with a plan to get to the final three? Or do you think that he's just saying, what could I be doing to get the most airtime? You know, I don't think he's thinking airtime, but he's definitely a big personality. And he's got all of the attributes that would make him, you know, behave the way he's behaving. I have no doubt that in his mind he thinks he's taking this thing all the way to the end and that he's playing a great game. He, he has to be. I'm, I'm convinced of it. I don't, I don't think he's putting on a show. Um, this is a guy that wants to make it to the end and win the million bucks. It's, I don't think it's just about showboating. I think he's enjoying the showboating along the way, but I think a lot of that is his personality, and it is who he is, and it's an amplified version of himself uh, playing a game that he's seen before and that he, he clearly appears to be a fan of the show as well. So, um, no, I, I don't think he's just showboating. I think I think the guy sees himself as a winner and, and wants to take it all the way. Jeff McGinnis wants to know, uh, what does a well-known sports personality competing on Survivor have to do to win? Examples include Jimmy Johnson and Cliff Robinson. So could you compare the way that uh, Cliff Robinson was treated this season versus uh, Jimmy Johnson in your season? Yeah, I was a little bummed because, you know, I've thought about this quite a bit because I actually, you know, when I saw Cliff on, I was like, oh, here we go again, man. This really took me back to that. And, um, and then he really started growing on me and he was really getting into the game. You know what I mean? Like really getting into it. And I thought I would like to see him actually go further in this game. So, uh, very different. Like, you know, obviously, you know, I, I had my, my own issues with Jimmy, but they were more around Jimmy was playing a weird brand of the game and, and didn't want alliances and was going to really play sort of middle of the road and play like the, uh, 
the coach to everybody, which is just kind of weird. You know, you got to take sides in the game and you got to have alliances. So um, I don't know that, you know, a, a ex pro uh, athlete, especially one that's done really well, has a real shot at winning for sure. They don't, but I actually was rooting for Cliff and I would have liked to have seen him go deeper. I don't know how you feel about that, but I would have, I would have enjoyed it. I don't, I don't think any, any pro athletes ever going to win the prize. Uh, that's for sure. I thought he was doing good. I thought he, Jeff Kent was doing good on when in his season, I was impressed with both of those guys. Now, if you, on your tribe, let's say instead of Jimmy Johnson, Cliff Robinson was out there, would you have played it similarly or uh, would you have said, well, you know, maybe I could work with Cliff Robinson? I think if, if Cliff had said he wanted to do an alliance with me and he wanted to work, you know, and literally like we're in an alliance together, absolutely. I, I totally would have. Um, with Jimmy, it was a little tougher pill to swallow because Cliff didn't come across as like, hey, I'm the leader, I'm the coach, everybody sit down, everybody listen, you do this, you do that. It was, you know, he was way more laid back. So Jimmy was both this like big coach figure and also clearly taking a ton of the limelight, which for a new player on the game, and if you dreamed of participating in this game, you kind of want it to be all fair and equal and have it be all new, just regular people off the street. And so it was a little weird and a little, yeah, it was, you know, like, wow, I got to, you know, Jimmy's stealing the whole limelight. Uh, so it was a little bit of that, but mostly it was that Jimmy wasn't, wasn't really that interested in playing alliances and playing games. And he was actually, the people he was getting along more with was Jane and Holly, which were not, you know, they were not in my camp. So, uh, so that was a lot of my reasoning around Jimmy. Austin Thind wants to know, do you see any similarities between Chase and Jeremiah? And is he too dumber than a bag of hammers? Uh, I, I think so. I think we, we do, you know, God, I know you love to ask me this question. Now you've just been able to put it off on one of your, uh, on one of your fans. I always put it off on one of the fans. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So you're totally off. And I have about 12 fans that ask that same question. (laughs) Um, yeah, at this point in time, hopefully people don't take it personally. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's written, and you just got to take everything with a grain of salt. But at this point in time, just based on the edit, I'm sure Jeremiah is an extremely, extremely smart guy and a super nice guy. But at this point in time, yeah, I think, well, let's put it this way. It could be a, it could be a dead tie between him and Morgan. Ooh, okay. Um, was there, who was the Morgan of Survivor Nicaragua? Uh, Purple Kelly, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I feel like uh, Morgan is bringing more to the table, though. If she is, it's very subtle, but there's just been several things that she has said that could have easily have won her that award so far. So, uh, again, I don't know if it's the edit or what. i got to see a little more, so we'll see. Some of the dynamics of Tribal have been pretty clever, and she's also been maintaining that low-key approach, which, you know, uh, as we both have been discussing, that really pays off. Yeah. I think maybe it's the quitting thing is leaving a bad taste in my mouth with the Purple Kelly, but I think Morgan is bringing more to the table. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that she's made it this far. Yeah, and not even in the mix for who should we vote out. Not at all. Not <laughs> at all. That's right. Not even thinking about it. Okay. Uh, Ryan DeBoer wants to know, can you compare and contrast the stupidity of the medallion of power versus the Tyler Perry idol? Now, do you know about the superpower hidden immunity idol? 
No. So allegedly, after the merge, what uh, what Jeff had said was that they were going to have the the hidden immunity idol that was going to be used if you could play it after the vote. And he got this idea because Tyler Perry texted him that you could do this. So basically, if you have the idol and people vote for you and they say, okay, that's eight votes for Marty, bring me your torch. Like, oh, I got the idol. So you could sort of play the idol after you get voted out. So people are very much up in arms in that. And so compare that idea to the idea of the medallion of power. Well, I think it's definitely better than the medallion of power. Um, but that doesn't mean I like it. I don't like it at all, actually. I mean, I just think it, uh, it skews things, uh, in a way. I mean, I'm just, we're, I'm, I'm more old school. Like, give me, give me the original survivor and, and leave it at that. What no, did the medallion uh, of power do, Marty? Oh, the, the medallion of power was supposedly intended to, it would give you a, a advantage in the next challenge, uh, and perhaps allow you to have an edge over the other uh, team in the challenge. So if you had to fill four cups of water, whatever, uh, your team would instantly get like a handicap and you'd have to fill, you know, one less or something like that. But it never was enough or it was unclear whether it would be enough to make a material difference. So people were never playing. it. Yeah. And then the other team got it for the next time, right? If you used it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then they would never use it. Okay. Uh, Steven Crom wants to know who on your season was a huge volatile zit waiting to pop. That's how LJ described Lindsay. I think, uh, Nayanka probably. Okay. That's fair. Uh, so let's talk about uh, Katie Higginbotham wants to know how does Marty think he would have fared if he was cast for this season in which he would have been selected for the Brains Tribe how would Marty have dealt with Jatia and who would he made alliance with uh, out of the six well let's just uh, focus on the Jatia part how, uh, <laughs> how how would you have handled uh, that situation um, that would have been again very challenging for me you know uh I, I guess part of my personality is that uh, I can't avoid controversy or conflict. So, um, you know, I can't keep my mouth shut around stuff like that. That would have been very frustrating as I'm sure I'd be very frustrated if, uh, if I was playing alongside Trish as well. Um, it would have been, it would have been really tough. Plus with a, a group that was losing as much as they were losing, it's just that really, really adds to the frustration and the tension and, uh, and the anger that goes on between the different tribe members. I mean, really would have been tough. And I've thought about that, that I'd probably find myself in that boat uh, along with these guys. Hopefully I'd play it more like, uh, like Spencer, I guess. But uh, you know, these, I just found it very uh, predictable in the way that they selected people that, yeah, maybe very smart, but how this game really has nothing to do with that. And I was asked repeatedly in my interviews before going into Nicaragua, you know, how my, years in the boardroom at Yahoo were going to translate into, you know, uh, winning this game and managing it like, uh, like a, a startup, et cetera. And, and, you know, my answers were like, got nothing to do with what's happening on survivor. Like these are, you know, they're not going to be people like that. So you can have all the smarts in the world and you can be a nuclear physicist and you can, you know, run the Marlins, but you got to take all that hubris and brains and horsepower and then adapt it to this game, which is, a long ways from home. 
All right. Jeff Pittman wants to know, uh, with Spencer, Tasha, and Cass sticking together, we have three strategists in a tight alliance together. Do you think that this brains trio will break apart and target each other post-merge the same way you, Sash, and Brenda did in Nicaragua? Would they be better served by sticking together? Why are the multi-strategist alliances so rare? Do you think that these three brains can work together and take it all the way to the end? Or do you think that they will be compelled to go against each other before they get there? No, I, I, I tend to think that they will stick together. Um, if you were to ask me to place a bet, I, I think it's, and it's potentially in their best interest to do so without knowing anything else. But I don't, I don't see that uh, as likely of them completely splitting up. And, uh, and if you compare it to me, Brenda and Sash, I mean, I, that's not entirely accurate simply because I was, I was fully committed to Brenda and Sash afterwards and, and they, they didn't see a way forward with me in their, in their strategy, which I totally understood. So it was not, uh, it was not for not wanting to stay together. I think they would have continued playing with me as well if, if the numbers and the long-term strategy for them would have been better than, than what it was in what I was asking them to stay with me. So, Okay. Rob Kirk wants to know, the last season these players saw was Karamoan. Do you think that if they had seen Blood versus Water, that Jeremiah would have decided to tell Tony to throw that fake clue in the fire like the Culpeppers did? Uh, no, I think Jeremiah would have taken that thing regardless of whether he had seen a previous season or not. Because he was desperate because he needed it? Or because he's yeah, dumber or he than didn't a know, or, he just, or, or he just, yeah, didn't know any better. <laughs> okay. There you go. Um, so how about one from Ari Feinberg? Speaking of Jeremiah, do you think that the tribe was worried at all about Jeremiah having an idol? Did that play a part in uh, deciding to not vote him out? Do you think that would factor into the equation that he might have an idol? I, I want to say no, and I think that was just in my intuition and sort of watching the dynamics at Tribal. I mean, I think those guys were still kind of – it didn't look like it was all entirely decided at that point in time. Maybe it was, but uh, it didn't appear to be to me, so – I, I don't, I don't, my intuition tells me, I don't think that that was a factor. What, what do you think, Rob? I just feel like, uh, it didn't help Alexis that that was part of the equation. I feel like, you know, there was a lot of factors and none of them really lined up well for Alexis. I think Alexis was the better player. I think that they were more scared that Alexis was going to flip. I think that possibly Jeremiah might have a clue to the idol and could potentially have the idol. Oh, if they have another challenge also that Jeremiah would be a bigger asset in the challenge than Alexis would be. So I just felt like altogether, it was not a great uh, formula for Alexis. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with you. Can, am, am I allowed to make one comment about one of the earlier exits out of this season? Yes. I think there should be a list of like do's and don'ts. Like if you ever get on this uh, incredible uh, game, and I think one of them would be a no-no is don't get all buff, tan, and also get like a head-to-toe Brazilian if you're a guy and then go on the show. That's just me. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Why? Was there somebody like that on this season, Marty? Yeah. I kept looking at Garrett, man. I was like, God damn it. There's something weird about this. Like. I'm feeling a little creeped out, you know, and I just kept looking. I was like, God, the guy's like 
guy's been waxed. I mean, from like head to toe, he was like a shining wax. I mean, it was, yeah, it was a little, uh, just, you know, my two cents, probably not a great idea right before you go on the show. Yeah. Does that hurt you in the game? (laughs) (laughs) If I'm on it, yes. Yes. All right. Good to know. Uh, I do feel like that, you know, you know, everybody probably wants to look good for the cameras. But again, you know, I think that maybe, you know, not looking, you know, as potentially well, and we'll leave it to a matter of taste, whether that's good or bad. But I feel like, um, you know, maybe being having a little a little body hair, especially if you're a guy, I feel like could help mask some of those muscles. Uh, maybe you're not like uh, looking like, you know, you're cut out of plaster as much if you, uh, you know, are leaving things as is and not disrupting nature. Well, it, well, that's what I was going to say. It's like, hey, you're you're in the wild, you know. It was just weird, you know, for a while. It's like these people are strewn on a beach, you know, thrown to left to their own devices and everything. And yet, you know, you've got this shining, gleaming, you know, just you know, as slick as a baby's butt all over. It was just, yeah, yeah, a little funny. Okay, one more question for you, Marty. Uh, Ori Kohav yes. wants to know what's the better way to treat a quitter: writing them a shame on you message in the sand, or naming a chicken after them? Oh, I'd go with the chicken, especially if you're going to eat the chicken later. I think that's a little more clever than writing a silly thing in the sand. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, or saying some snide remarks the next day that hopefully get picked up and put into the edit. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. And then, yeah, you could eat the chicken. You could cut the head off the chicken. So that's a little bit more of a catharsis, I think. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, Marty, uh, thank you so much for coming on here with us. Always appreciate it. Always good to hear what you think about the game. And uh, we'll keep an eye on your boy Spencer all year long. Yeah, thanks for bringing that to my attention. I would not have picked up on that. I look at everybody, but I do not scrutinize the bios every year. Uh, so thanks for that. Always great to chat with you. Uh, brings me right back to uh, what this thing was really all about in the first place, Rob. So always appreciate it. Really flattered to be on with you. Yeah, tell me the truth, though. Which part of the Spencer thing did you like uh, more? Did you like the part where he said that he has a personality like you, or did you like the part where he said that he uh, shares your disdain for Jane, which, which was the, you could just say a or B. I think I say a, because you know, believe it or not, even though she won fan favorite, I get a lot of people that tell me they, they share my disdain of Jane. Whereas, uh, I don't get that many people that, uh, would ever say, you know, I see myself as actually playing the game or, or whatever it is, uh, compared to me. So that's, uh, that's kind of unique. Okay. Well, Marty, great stuff. And, uh, follow Marty on Twitter. Survivor at Survivor Marty, right? You got it. Okay. Follow Marty on Twitter and uh, Marty, all the best, buddy. Thanks a lot, Rob. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody, there you have it. That was Marty Piombo back on Rob Has a Podcast. Okay, so we're going to do something before we get to Alex Forstenhausler to talk about your voicemails and the social media. We did this last week, and we are going to bring it back here once again. Uh, this is this week's uh, huge moment in Survivor history, sponsored by our friends over at Hulu Plus. And let's bring back our historian, our in-house historian. Uh, here he is, Mr. Jordan Kalish. Jordan, how are you? Rob, I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing very well. And Jordan, uh, this week, is it, a, is it another huge week in Survivor history? 
It is. It's always a huge week in Survivor history, but I think this is definitely one of the bigger weeks and probably the biggest week that I've come across so far. This is the most huge week in Survivor history of the year? So so far, there will be more huge weeks going forward as we get to some of the uh, some of the finale episodes and some this things that huge. happened. After- <laughs> I needed this. Ooh. Ooh. We needed this. Yes, we, yes, we did. It's- oh. 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 <sighs> Sorry, it's best if we just let that finish. We just we don't want to interrupt Tony. No, we don't. But he he is correct that this this week in Survivor history is huge. And I actually would like to start this week in uh, Survivor Australia. Okay, good. So let's start. Let's start off in Survivor Australia. And so what happened on this week in Survivor history all the way back in 2001? Yeah, so this is uh, 13 years ago, uh, March 29th, 2001. Uh, This is actually the episode where Jerry Manthe ended up getting voted out. Um, but the whole episode was really just a lead up to her eventual blindside. Um, this is the episode where she and Colby went on that, uh, the Great Barrier Reef reward. And, Ooh. um, yeah. And, uh, you know, she thought of it as kind of a, as kind of a date between the two of them. But, uh, Colby, as we know from Heroes versus Villains, he just wants to be left alone during his rewards. And, <laughs> uh, yeah. And he was just sitting in this chair and snorkeling and he, he wanted nothing from Jerry. And ultimately helped vote her out at the end of the episode. Oh, poor Jerry. So so misunderstood. Yeah, um, she was uh, the, the original Survivor Black Widow. Uh, very, very good character. And I'm happy that they've brought, they've brought her back a couple times since then. Okay, so Jerry goes out 13 years ago. What else happened on this week in Survivor history? Uh, this week in Survivor history on, again, we have a, a Survivor Amazon moment. And this might be, this is one of the most memorable moments from the Survivor Amazon. And this was 11 years ago, March 26, 2003. Um, this was the peanut butter and chocolate episode for Jenna and Heidi. There you go. Get the girls some peanut butter and chocolate probes. Uh, TV was changed forever. I don't know how, but <laughs> it definitely was when people decide to take their clothes off for no reason on TV to win a snack. Oh, yeah. I mean, this uh, this is something and I, I was uh, 12 years old at the time, so uh, I, I was loving it. I don't know how much my parents loved that I was watching this because uh, I was watching the episode with them. But I, I do remember this. This is one of the things that when I decided to write this blog, that this is one of the first moments that came to my mind as a, as a historic moment in Survivor history. As it should. And, Oh yeah, of course. And some of the uh, some of the the best parts, actually. I mean, besides the you know the actual fact that twigs and sticks, as as you like to call them, were, were taking their clothes off for food. Um, some of the re- reactions from you and some of the people on your tribe were actually uh, some of the some of the funniest parts of the episode. You had um, Alex Bell, who was just you know smiling and kind of making like broy comments at them. Uh, Dave and Matt were like staring in disbelief, and there was actually a great shot of you um, just mouthing "Wow." As they were taking their clothes off. But I, I think still the- remember uh, before we w- even went to that challenge where they said this was premeditated and they said like, oh, OK, then if they're going to like offer us like temptations to jump off the thing, then uh, we'll tell them that, you know, we'll get naked if they give us uh, chocolate and peanut butter. I was like, oh, yeah, like that. Oh, that's a great idea. You guys should definitely do that. <laughs> it's like this makes no sense. That's that's insane. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's a good idea. 
You know what? I was going to ask you that actually, because I, I mean, as a viewer, it doesn't seem like it was premeditated, but then like, you know, you, you hear when, when you either listen to a podcast like RHAP or you kind of look up things about Survivor, you learn some of these, uh, these, uh, I guess, um, in, inside baseball secrets. Uh, so I was going to ask you if that was a premeditated thing and I'm, I'm kind of not surprised that it was. Yeah. Um, and then of course you also had Butch who, uh, was telling his, uh, his students back home and his wife that he wasn't looking, but I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe peaked a little bit. Yeah, he definitely did. Yeah. Definitely okay. did. Uh, <laughs> and no mention of, uh, voting off Roger in this episode on this week in 2000 and th- in 2003. I, I did make a mention of it on the blog. I didn't really go into it as much as I would have liked to because I was already pretty Amazon heavy. Um, but uh, this this was obviously the episode where you guys voted out Roger Sexton when he thought he was uh, he was safe. He thought there was a men's alliance. Um, so how, how did that uh, th- did that really go down? I mean, was was this something that you were going into the merge saying we're going to get rid of Roger, or were you thinking possibly of you know s- still going with the men uh, w- when you first merged? Oh, this is like I'm being interviewed. <laughs> so no, it was 100. percent Even in the in the show, if you go back and watch in episode six, then I tell everybody, okay, here's what we'll do: we'll go back and we'll make Roger think that we're all with him, and then we'll we'll vote out Roger. And that was good because that was what the women wanted to do and that was also what i wanted to do because i felt like that as long as roger was going to be in the game he was going to be like calling the shots with the men so i felt like once he was out of the way then it would be much more free for me to be able to operate so that was sort of the plan and and it did get a little uh mean-spirited i felt like uh you know i kind of felt a, a little bad even though it was funny when i voted him off and i was singing uh na 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 hey 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 goodbye like there was no need to really troll roger like he wasn't that bad of a guy where um it was necessary to you know embarrass him also you know i kind of feel i feel a little bit bad about that even though there was some funny stuff Mm -hmm. i I mean i I thought it was pretty lighthearted, though i i I don't think it was necessarily that much of an insult i mean it it was I, I guess you probably you probably meant it as a bit of an insult at the time, but I think it was really just great for the viewers. Uh, I, I thought it was one of one of the best uh, confession, one of the best uh, voting confessional speeches in Survivor history. Now, Jordan, you're a younger guy. Now, how dated of a reference is Casey Kasem? It was probably a dated reference then. I'm not sure if Ryan Seacrest had taken over for him doing America's Top 40 at that point in 2003, but it was like about to happen. I know who he is, but I really don't know anything about him. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> and now if yeah. you're somebody who's 20 years old and you watch that, it's like, I have no idea what Rob is talking about. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, de- de- definitely not. And this this was... Um, you may not even know the song, even. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't I wasn't even bar mitzvahed yet, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Mazel tov. Hey, thank you. This uh, I had my bar mitzvah about, about a week after your, uh, your finale. <laughs> this week in bar mitzvah history. <laughs> exactly. We'll see you next week. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh thank you okay <laughs> so all right what else happened on this week in survivor history uh so this week on survivor history this was now four years ago and i can't believe this was four years ago um this was the episode where tyson uh voted himself out on heroes versus villains oh wow 
Wow. Yeah, so I can't believe it. Does, this doesn't seem like four years ago, right? This um, It seems like it happened yesterday. Oh, now we're getting but, into this week in Rob has a podcast history also. I could tell you that I also remember the podcast we did about that episode. It was a, we did it the night of, which we, I, I don't know why we had to do it the night of. Usually we did it the day, the day after, but we had on, it was two guests. We had on Todd Herzog and Kobe Archer in one in one episode uh to talk about this and it was uh, a great moment in survivor history yeah i mean this this was really a, a crazy move it's one of those uh situations where there's a uh, a plan to split the votes and it really doesn't work out because tyson decided after a conversation that he had with russell where russell said he was going to change his vote to parvati which was a complete lie uh tyson switches his vote um russell parvati and danielle uh, all vote for Tyson and Tyson goes home because Parvati, who had four votes due to Tyson's switch, played the idol. Would it be embarrassing for me to admit I still don't even really understand what happened? Like, I feel like I've talked to Tyson about this. I've talked to Russell about this. And I still don't feel like I have a straight answer on what exactly happened. Well, I think Tyson said that the editing was a little bit skewed to make him to make Russell look very smart. And Tyson looked pretty stupid in this situation. Uh, but I mean, I, I don't see how editing could have really changed this that much because i mean tyson you have to base it off of their actions and tyson did switch the vote and it really made no sense first of all i mean russell was an unknown player on a tribe called the villain so why are you going to believe him when he's on the ropes he's the one who's on the on the chopping block yeah and then even in a situation where even if you assume that russell was telling him the truth which he wasn't but let's say tyson thought that russell was telling the truth Tyson wouldn't have had to change his vote for Parvati to go home because Parvati would have had the most votes anyway. Uh, all Tyson did was take a risk that could have sent one of his alliance people home or himself, which is what happened. Uh, and the vote meant nothing because Parvati would have had the majority of votes anyway if Russell had switched his vote to Parvati. Four years later, we're still trying to figure out exactly what what, what was going on there. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, uh, also, I think it also is forgotten that that was a part of a double elimination episode. And that was yes, actually was. the first tribal council in an episode. And then we came back and then we had a second tribal council in that same episode. James went home in the second tribal council. Yeah, James James went home. His tribe actually liked him better than Colby, uh, but he was breaking uh, the banana etiquette uh, too many times. He was injured, so they uh, they decided to vote him out. Oh, a banner week in Survivor history for Colby. He doesn't get voted out. He votes out Jerry. Mm -hmm. And Jerry was actually part of the uh, the vote against um, well, the, well, the vote where Tyson went home. She was in that alliance of six. Oh, my God. All right. Anything else from this week in Survivor history? Uh, well, this in this week, there were actually two very famous alliances formed. Uh, first, you have to go back to uh, Survivor Marquesas, where the Rotu 4 alliance was formed. Um, and unfortunately for them, they didn't last all that long, but it was still a famous alliance. And then one of uh, maybe the, I would say if, if you talk to uh, a lot of RHAP fans, this might be the most popular alliance in rhap history this is the three amigos um was officially formed <laughs> oh. on survivor caramon <laughs> i didn't know that was such a popular alliance I, I i see people talking about the uh the three amigos all the time they love malcolm and then reynold and eddie are like uh, good sidekicks for malcolm yeah well that is our mr survivor so are M reynold and eddie officially bros of rhap since malcolm is our mr survivor 
They're, I guess they're, uh, they're bros by proxy. <laughs> bros by proxy. All right. Uh, well, Jordan, a great job with the Survivor history this week. Let me ask you, did you, were you able to go back and watch any of the old seasons on Hulu Plus to help you in your research? You know what? I was actually just going to go on it to watch the uh, the Tyson vote and then maybe the conversation he had with Russell, but I got pretty sucked in and I ended up watching the whole episode. Oh, well, did you look into Morgan's eyes? Is that what happened? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, I, I don't know if that's what I was looking at, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, get, that'll get you sucked in. And you know what else will suck you in? Hulu Plus. Uh, because with Hulu Plus, you get to watch your favorite shows anytime anywhere thousands of hit tv shows and movies in the living room or on the go uh with your smartphone or or tablet uh with hulu plus you can watch shows jordan like snl jimmy kim alive shark tank and scandal uh plus the back catalog of shows like lost law and order svu doctor who and community and even hulu originals like the wrong mans and behind the mask the inside docuseries of the world of sports mascots how about that so it sounds it sounds great, uh, and I'm gonna. Yeah, I think I'm gonna start using it for things other than Survivor as well. Yeah, and now for now, what would you imagine that you would pay for this? You would probably imagine you'd have to take take your clothes off for something like this. And no, that's not actually the case. That's only a valid barter for chocolate and peanut butter. This is seven ninety nine a month uh, to catch up on current shows, binge on old favorites, and catch a great movie uh, on. Watch as many TV shows as you want, wherever you want. So try Hulu Plus free for two weeks when you go to HuluPlus.com slash Rob. That's a deal that I can understand, unlike the whole Tyson and Russell thing. Uh, this is HuluPlus.com slash R-O-B for two weeks free of Hulu Plus. And Jordan, uh, thank you so much once again for this week in Survivor history. You're welcome, Rob. It's great talking to you again. All right, great talking to you as well. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you again soon. Yep, you too. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. There you have it. That was Jordan Kalish with this week, this huge week in Survivor history. And now I've got another huge guest here lined up for you guys. Uh, he's a, a great friend of the podcast. He was the director of Reality Game Masters, and he also directed the Rob Has a Podcast Survivor Roast. Here he is uh, joining me for the first time, I believe, to ever do the voicemails here on Rob Has a Podcast. It's Alex Forstenhausler. Hey, Rob. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be back. Yeah, it's great to be back. Now, we, we never did the voicemails, right? No, we, we have never done it. We've talked about uh, Celebrity Apprentice. We talked about, you know, Reality Game Masters. Uh, we talked about the roast, but that's about it. By the way, did you see the new season of Celebrity Apprentice is filming in Manhattan currently? I did. I'm very excited. I'm going to try to try to find it because uh, I, I bought a piece of pizza from Richard Hatch when he was on. <laughs> yes. Well, another one of my friends is actually on this season of Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I heard uh, Terrell Owens. Correct. Yes. My podcast co-host from uh, Time Out with T.O. Uh, T.O. is on this season of Celebrity Apprentice. Did you give him any tips, any advice? You know what? I offered and uh, <laughs> he, he, he either uh, abstained or declined. I'm not sure one, one or the other. But uh, oh, I said, that's... hey, when I first heard it, I was like, hey, you should talk to me. I, I've podcast about this yeah. show for the last four years. But, wow. you know, not a good first move for him. I don't like his chances anymore. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. His, I don't know how he does with coaching. <laughs> see. Maybe I'm, I'm too much like a Bill Parcells. 
Right. Well, I'll have my popcorn ready. Yes. All right. So more on that. Uh, do we know when it's going to air? Is it? I think it's just like in high in like limbo. I think they never even said. Yeah, I, I didn't hear an announcement or anything. Okay, so maybe the summer, and they were like, "Well, maybe the summer, and maybe not." But knowing NBC, it's probably going to be the summer. It's not like they're going to have. Oh, we have too much good stuff to put on here. <laughs> we can't get to this. Yeah. All right. So. Of course, we have uh, your voicemails here in the inbox. Uh, you sent them in all day after the episode, and we appreciate that. So we'll get into that in just a second. Alex, what's been your take on Survivor BBB? You've been into this season? Oh, very much so. I love this season. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm loving it. every episode so far uh, I've been invested in. Uh, very hard to predict. That's what I like most about it. I think the editing has been fantastic. And, uh, yeah, I just don't know what's going to happen, happen next. I'm excited. I'm rooting for the brains, of course. Now you're a New York guy. Have you been rooting hard for Tony? <laughs> I wouldn't say I've been rooting hard for Tony, but I've, uh, very much, uh, enjoyed watching Tony. Although I think he's from New Jersey, yeah. uh, but I'm originally from New Jersey, but, uh, so you're team TV. <laughs> uh, what, what is that team tv team no tv i don't uh i don't really i'm not really following what that's all about as i understand it i believe that's tony's hashtag on twitter is hashtag team tv and then i believe i i think spencer oh, those are it. his initials I yes guess. tony yes, Blachos. and then then I think Spencer, as a joke, uh, did. I'm not sure. Is it Team Not TV or Team No TV? Uh, I yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, thought it was Team No t- No <laughs> TV. I guess. Let's see. Uh, team No uh, TV. Well, well, Tony is pushing the social media hard, as we'll we'll, we'll discuss in a few moments yes. as well yes, when I'm we get sure. to talking about that. So we'll talk talk about what's going on. With, yeah, uh, but with, I've enjoyed watching Tony. Yeah, he's been fun. He's he has he has made it very fun. All right. So let's jump into talking about some of what's going on in the minds of the Rob has a podcast audience here and uh, hear about some of the things that they wanted to talk about. So let's start off with our friend uh, Daniel Ladiano. And uh, here's what Daniel has to say. He wants to talk about what is going to happen after the merge. Here we go. Here's Daniel. Rob, 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 you and Stephen got me really excited about thinking that the merge of this season is going to become a major cluster F with alliances going everywhere. And then I'm seeing the preview for the next episode, and it seems to me that there are going to be two very distinct camps with one person in the middle. So here's my question. Do you honestly think this season is going to become predictable now that um, basically the one odd person is going to join one alliance and they're going to pagong everyone? I hope not, but tell me what you think based uh, on previous or just your general analysis, please. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome, Daniel. You're welcome. Uh, So, Alex, this season now... It looks as though that we have one tribe, the Team TV tribe. They are very much aligned, and they look like to be a solid five. Plus, we have the people who are on the Spencer tribe, the former Brains tribe, plus Morgan, potentially Sarah, and we don't really know where Jeremiah is. And so what do you think is going to happen here after the merge? Do you think that we're going to see one side Pagong, the other side a la sort of like a Survivor South Pacific? Yeah, I mean, I think it's very possible, but uh, what's great about having three tribes 
is there's so many different relationships going on that you have to look at. So it's also very possible that something crazy could happen. And it's very possible that maybe it will start being a Paganging, but then someone will switch. Um, I'm very interested to see what Sarah uh, is going to do here because it seems like she's going to be in the middle. And I, I would, what I would love to see is for Sarah to kind of play a game sort of like you, Rob, in, in the Amazon where she maybe does a little flip-flopping. Um, maybe she goes with one alliance, uh, to start out with, and then she, she switches, um, and which she definitely can do because she has relationships, um, with almost everyone. So what do you think Sarah's going to do next week? I think, I mean, I think she should stick, uh, at least for now with the tribe that she's on. Um, I think that would probably be her best move. Uh, and I guess they're gonna vote out, not, but not, don't vote out Tony. Cause I think she should keep Tony in the game. He's kind of like her, her backup plan that she can maybe go back to and maybe tell him like she wants to go with him, but she can't do it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so who do you think her target should be? That's a good question. I feel like the people that she doesn't know would be uh, LJ and Jeffra. Mm-hmm. So those people would probably be the, the, the better targets for her to get them out because then she's eliminating uh, the relationships with, uh, with Morgan uh, and Jeremiah. See, I don't necessarily see it as, you know, five, five with Sarah in the middle, because I don't mm-hmm. know how committed uh, Jeremiah is to this group of five. I mean, why would Jeremiah stick with Spencer, uh, Tasha and Cass and Morgan who Morgan hates his guts? I mean, what is keeping him from just going back with, you know, maybe nobody likes Jeremiah, but I have a feeling that LJ and Jeffra probably like Jeremiah a little bit more than the brains group and the brains group, I feel like has done nothing to really endear themselves to Jeremiah. Why is he going to stick with them? Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I feel like with Jeremiah, he's, he's going to be on, he's not in a great position no matter what he does. Um, but I feel like they've, I feel like the tribe uh, especially is going to to bond over like when they find out about the merge, they're all going to get together and have like a bonding moment. Uh, and I think they've already started that bonding moment because when the whole thing with Tony yelling, you know, top five, top five, uh, that was a bonding moment for, for their tribe. But that also turned into a bonding moment for the other tribe where now they're just kind of coming together out of necessity. But it's also... I think, I don't know. I, I'm i not saying I hope that happens. I'm just saying that's what it looks like. Man. You know, I can understand and relate to what went on with Tony because there was one time uh, on my MySpace that I got together with a bunch of people. I started yelling, top eight, top eight. And then everybody <laughs> that wasn't in my top eight got really pissed off at me. So that was a whole thing. So, uh, and there's like, you know, 10% of the audience at this point is going to even know what I'm talking about. So, (laughs) but here's the thing, going back to Daniel's question, is it going to be a predictable season after the merge? And I say no, and I will, you know, 
Well, I don't know what I'm going to bet, but I'm going to say that I definitely think this is going to be crazy after the merge because, I mean, what is really keeping these people together? I think the seasons where where you have Pagongings, and just like in recent history, seasons where there was a Pagonging, I'm thinking Survivor South Pacific, Survivor Redemption Island, uh, just in these are the ones that sort of like it's one side, just pick off the other side. Typically, there's no switch or returning players. And the thing about switches or returning players is that people have these relationships and nobody's going to switch and join other people or only rarely happens that people will switch around after they've spent 21 days or 20 days with one group of people and you don't know the other people from anything. And it's like, well, I'll just stick with the devil I know versus the devil I don't. And I don't like these people, but I'll, I'll stick with them. The one exception really to that rule was Cochran, who ends up switching with to go off it but at least he knew who coach was you know it wasn't like everybody was a complete stranger to Cochran sort of had like a hero worship thing for coach and was like okay well at least I'll be with coach over here as opposed to being with Ozzy who then they had treated him badly and that was a totally different situation entirely but I think people know each other people have co-mingled you know you have uh Morgan and, and Jeremiah they at least know Jeffra and LJ, even though they're not, they're not so good. You have, you have Sarah who knows everybody on the other side. So I think that things will get crazy and I think that we'll see a lot of flip flopping after the merge. Yeah. Yeah. I guess all I was saying was, I think, I don't know. I feel like the the next episode will, will maybe come down to, to Sarah, but then after that, it, anything can happen i think we will see a survivor philippines type season where even if it looks like okay it's going to be one side over here and the other side over here i think that that's going to sort of shake out and then i think that there'll be some sort of a new alliance that ends up getting formed which ends up sort of being the dominant force a la survivor philippines where malcolm and denise ended up you know finding scoopin and lisa and they ended up sort of being at at the final four and sort of getting a couple people out in a row. So I feel like there'll be some sort of conglomerate that we don't necessarily know what it is yet. And then that'll be sort of the dominant force. But I think it's going to take a little while to shake out. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Sorry. I'm still thinking about, I have one other thing I want to say. Okay. Uh, Because we were, I was talking about Sarah. I think what Sarah should do, maybe stick with the tribe she's on to vote out LJ and Jeffra. And then mix it up and have the remaining, try to get the remaining players to um, form an alliance against the brains to go after them. Okay. Because other, because if, I mean, if, if they stay together for too long, they're going to, they're going to be too strong to, to take Yeah, out. And if she sticks yeah. with the brains, she's probably the fourth in that group of four. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Uh, speaking of Sarah, here's a question that's all about Sarah. Okay, let's uh, take this. This is from Brian Hickey. Wants to know about Sarah's game. Hey, Rob, it's Brian Hickey checking in here. And uh, you mentioned on the know-it-alls that Sarah was being earnest. Do you think she's too earnest? Did you happen to catch the moment where uh, she told Spencer with her hands up, I swear, I'm not crossing my fingers. Look, look, I'm with you, I'm with you. And then Spencer's just like, okay, yeah, yeah, we believe you, we believe you. Like, he's a grizzled bat. Um, do you think it was just the case of Sarah going to her first tribal council? Or do you think, or do you think she can ease into um, being more of a liar? Is she um, devious enough to win the game? All right, thanks, Rob. Love the show. All right, let's start off, Alex. Is Sarah too earnest? You know what I mean, Vern. 
I don't know. It's too, uh, it's too early to tell really. Uh, she may be, uh, I really like Sarah, but yeah, the question is, does she have what it takes to, to really, you know, get down and dirty, I guess. <laughs> yeah. She d- is very honorable. She doesn't, we have not seen her lying to people. She's sort of been sort of like behind their back, sort of like working to try to throw the challenge or whatever, but she hasn't been like dishonest necessarily with yeah. too many people. Uh, I do think that, that, uh, I mean, I kind of like it about her that, you know, she is willing to say, no, 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 I got you guys, I swear, you have to believe me. And I always find that very convincing on, in my survivors. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think part of the thing is her being a cop, you know, she's probably also more hesitant to lie. Um, unlike Tony, I guess it's a very different <laughs> from Tony, but yeah. I feel like she, she takes being a cop a, a lot more seriously uh, than he does. Um, so the, yeah, that might be a problem. It's interesting how different her and Tony are. Yeah. They're good cop and bad cop. Exactly. <laughs> I smell, I smell a sitcom. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you get Cochran here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can Cochran come and write the, uh, Tony and Sarah sitcom? She's the straight man. <laughs> He's the wild card. You know, they're, what are they roommates in the sitcom? Here, let's let's flesh uh, yeah, it out. Okay. Yeah. They, and can Wu be the neighbor? They live in they the live in the neighbor? spy shack. Wu lives next door. And uh why do they have to live together? Uh why do they have to live together? Is, is it um, important? Probably not. well they're they're cops and uh they are cops, right? And yeah, they're cops and they live together because because uh, they need to save money because the, they're living on a cop salary and it's not, <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> it's not great to start off. Okay. I could see it. <laughs> what you have a name yeah. is the name of the sitcom is just good cop, bad cop. Uh, cops are cops us. Are right? us. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a nice theme song there somewhere. Yeah. Right. Okay. That would be, that would be great. Let's see if we can get Cochran on that. Okay. So let's go to, let's talk to Craig and he has a question about survivor challenges. Hey Rob, this is Craig calling from Vancouver, Canada. In a challenge preview video this week, John Kirkhoffer said that the challenge Idle Hands was a survivor classic. This got me thinking of what challenges in Survivor history are truly Survivor classics? What challenges belong on the Mount Rushmore of Survivor challenges? Obviously, there are some that are gimmies like the gross food eating challenge, but what challenges do you think are the most classic, most recognizable Survivor challenges in the history of the show? Love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for taking my call. All right. I always think of the Survivor Challenges, Alex, as sort of like the games on The Price is Right. You know, they bring yeah. they they bring them out. They're sort of like, even though they're sort of all a little different, they're all pretty much the same. Uh, what's the Plinko of Survivor Challenges? Uh, I would I would say probably, you know, eating eating bugs or a gross food eating challenge, okay. right? That seems to be the, the one that would come to mind first. What else, is, uh, the other what one, else is out there? What's the hole in one or two? Uh, I mean, I, I should have done a little more research for for, for this no, I one. Just put you on the, spot. the another one would be when uh, the the famous one 
where where the, you just put your hand on the on the pole and who can hold it there the longest yeah. you know from from the original season uh just straight up endurance is I don't know. I, I love that challenge. Yeah, um, I feel like also like hold your hand up in the air and there's like a, yeah. a bucket of water that's above you. I feel like uh, that's one that you see a lot. I don't know yeah. if this last challenge that we saw last night, I'd call one of the classic survivor challenges. Well, according to uh, to John um, Kerhoffer, I, I guess all the challenges are. <laughs> oh, right. That's like me talking about like uh, the podcast. I like oh, like uh, you know, last last year we did a classic podcast with Sophie, and it was that was classic. Then uh, two years ago we talked to uh, you know Aaron Lobdell, that was classic. So they're just like that to him. They're all his babies. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Although, you know, I just I thought of another one that I really like What's that? Uh, uh, is the one where they're all underwater. Ooh. Um, and there's that there's the gate and they have to like breathe through their hands. Uh, I, I, I love that. I love that challenge. I think the first time I remember seeing that uh, was in the first fans versus favorites you remember? Mm-hmm. with uh, with Ozzy uh was in that and i think jason won and then it was in the most recent fans versus favorites i think they uh, did it on survivor palau also i think that was like oh yeah new yeah, quit you're right yeah. i remember that one so yeah yeah that's a i love that that's challenge. a good one uh, let us know in the comments i'm sure there's you know you'll be able to think of a bunch more that we're not able to uh come up with yeah. right now but there's a, there's a lot of good ones that are out there okay yeah on the sumo wrestling or the the when they yeah just seeing well that's when they're you're on a platform I love just seeing people hit each other. Yes, that's, that's always it. fun. That's always fun. <laughs> All right. Here's a question from Matt Forsyth. He wants to know about how people should be thinking around the merge. Hey, what's up, Bob and Alex? Matt Forsyth here. And I want to know what a player's mentality should be in this period of time right before the merge. Should players just be sitting back, forming social relationships, and not really worrying about the end game? Or should players be meticulously strategizing how they're going to get to the final three they're worrying about what they're going to do when they hit the merge. Thanks. Bye. All right, Alex, what do you think is going to be working best for these players? When you get to the merge, should you be thinking about uh, what your next move is going to be, or you should be thinking about your end game? Um, I think you, you got to try to find a middle ground. I think you should definitely be focusing on your next move and be aware of the end game, but you don't want to be too focused trying to set up like the perfect end game. Uh, because you have to be constantly adapting to things that are happening around you, I think. So if you're like too set on ending up with these people at the end, um, then you, you may just screw yourself because you're, because you're going to try to force something that, that just can't happen. Yeah. I think that, you know, unless everything goes right and nothing ever does on survivor, you can't be thinking that far ahead over you know it's it's too much too far in advance and i know my game was especially crazy on survivor the amazon but i kind of feel like you know on day 20 i had no idea what my final three was going to look like on day 30 let alone on day 39 so it's a life each day is a lifetime on survivor so i think you just need to make sure you're not getting yourself voted off you know have you know look off into at the future and but you can't plan that far in advance because you need to you know be managing the short term and making sure you're not getting voted off every three days. Yeah, 
Yeah. So, yeah. So, although it's good to to think about like, oh, it'd be nice if if I was with this person. But yeah. You got to find the right just, balance. So you know, one eye yeah. looking forward and one eye making sure you know you don't get sideswiped. You know, making sure you have your peripheral vision on right now as exactly. you're going through all these intersections. Is that enough metaphors there for you? That's that's a lot. That's okay. Lot. Uh, here's Hayden from Australia, not Hayden Moss. Uh, that's yeah. Hayden from Australia. I, I was wondering if we finally found Hayden. Where where is yeah, that? Hayden from Australia, not not Hayden, uh, not Hayden from from Australia. Here we go. Howdy, Rob. From what it looks like, it's going to be another final three with eight person jury. Do you think the Survivor production team doesn't mind having an even-numbered jury so that they may get another Survivor first with a tied final tribal council? Thanks. Okay. Do you think that we will have a final three with an eight-person jury? There's 11 people left. I don't think Alexis is on the jury. Uh, She did not make the merge, unfortunately. So... Is this what you think is going to happen here? A three final three eight person jury and survivor is basically asking for a tie. Well, I don't know if that means that they're asking. I think they're for asking a, for, a tie. for a tie. You think they're? I mean, they certainly love Survivor first. Uh, Jeff Probst is all about the Survivor first. Uh, he was very. I don't know. He almost seemed like okay with having Lindsay uh, quit just so he could say that that was a survivor first. Um, what was that first? Well, that was the first time someone just just quit because they because um, they got into a fight with someone <laughs> and they they, <laughs> they just wanted to quit. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I'm sure they would love a tie. I don't know if that necessarily means, I mean, there could, with, when there's three people in the, in the finals, there could but somebody always, always get zero. be a chance of a tie. Uh, not always, but yeah, a lot of times. Pretty much. But yeah, maybe, um, I'm sure they would love a tie, uh, just because that would be a huge, like, news story. That'd be a huge n- news headline. And it would be very exciting as a viewer to see what, to finally find out what they're going to do when there's a tie. How, what is it going to be? I think they're going to give each person $500,000. Uh, well, I think, wouldn't they, what if they no, did the they're, they're thing where <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be fun, where the third place person gets Oh, the, gets that, the fun, that would so. be very, that would be very exciting. In the four four zero scenario, that would be, that would be very good. Um, what if it was a three three two? Um, well then can you, you could still have the third place person cast the final. Well, <laughs> I feel like then the, I get, I guess so. I guess so. That would, I guess that would still work. Um, they, so they didn't win and they get to cast a vote. Okay. I'm on board with that. Uh, I'm on board with yeah. that in the four, four, zero scenario or the three, three, two scenario. The person who comes in third cast the, they become the ninth member of the jury and they have to go cast their vote. Done. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. That'd be great. And it would be live too. So that'd be exciting. Oh, but that's not fair then necessarily. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. They would probably find out before. They would have to be like looking yeah, at the tape would, when, because yeah. again, I don't know how they do it now. But when That's I did, probably, they probably look at the votes. When right. I did it on Survivor 
uh, the Amazon. There was no like camera person. They made a big deal like there's nobody is there's no camera person. The camera's just running and go and do your you know go and do your vote and then we'll check the tape and if we got it then we'll just you know then we're not going to look at this until we get home. So I do think that they must like look at the votes and sort of get a sense of that and then just you know yeah to find out if it's if it's a tie yeah so that's good okay so i I feel like we cracked this i think we did good good i'm I'm happy and if they didn't have a plan then they listened to this and now they know what to do yes well that would be good so let's talk about let's hear what eric Connolly has to say and he wants to talk about this big uh trish and Lindsay fight and i want to hear what you have to say about that it's okay here's eric Connolly. Hey Rob, this is Eric from Columbus, Ohio, and I just listened to the Know-It-Alls recap of last night's Survivor episode, and just like your decision to include Sierra into the Brains Tribe a few months back, your take on the confrontation between Trish and Lindsay really baffled my mind. If you go back and watch, it was clearly Trish who instigated the entire conflict, and she was really acting like a you-know-what throughout the whole time. Lindsay had nowhere to go and no one to turn to, and so she felt that she was cornered and the only way she could get out was to get out of the game. I blame Trish all the way and I really think you guys should go back and watch because I don't know. I was baffled by what you thought on the show. Anyway, still loving the show. Thanks. Bye. First off, Eric Connolly, how dare you? How dare you? First off, question my inclusion of Sierra on the Brains Tribe back when we did our all-star BBB. How how dare you? First off, that created so that created so much drama that uh, you, you cannot question that decision. As, they, as it was, <laughs> Mark Burnett was uh, called me and said, "What a brilliant programming decision that was." <laughs> <laughs> Rob, that was brilliant. I, uh, even I couldn't think of something like that. Um, started a whole big Twitter feud. So that was, that was great. Yeah. And they want to bring, they want to bring Sierra back. Uh, you know, it was, it, did we shoehorn her maybe a little bit, but I, I don't like when, you know, when we're doing fans versus favorites and we're bringing back some of the people that are favorites, like, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't think that that this is going to be, you know, anybody's head's going to explode besides uh, outside of the, you know, tri-state area um, if Sierra was included on the Brains tribe. <laughs> and yeah. not to mention that Sierra is going to be our guest uh, along with Laura Moret on the podcast next week. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, Moret cast. I love that. I love having the, the, the two uh, loved ones together. I think that's really fun. Right, now, let me get back to Eric's point. Now, oh, yes. I felt like last night, I didn't think that Trish was the instigator in that situation last night. And Eric said, I need to have my head examined. Alex, what was your take on this? You're a neutral third-party observer. Who was the instigator? Yeah, um, it kind of... It's hard to really say because I felt like they both kind of were instigating in in their own way. Uh, like, like I don't know what Trish's intention was in the beginning, because it could have been like a a good intent. She could have had like a good intention, but then um, but then Lindsay got upset, and then Trish's intention went from good to now being mean so it's hard to really say what was happening but they i think they were both to, to blame it for the for like that whole blow up i i think i don't know Lindsay could have just walked away 
very early on in the conversation. Yeah. First off, I don't think that Trish and I went back and I did watch this. I've, I've actually watched this three times now. So what what happens is that so they get back from tribal council and, you know, they sort of, you know, they don't want anybody to talk until after tribal council. You know, they make everybody be clear, make everybody be quiet until you get back to camp and then the cameras are rolling and then they sort of say, okay, like, all right, now you guys are free to, you know, say whatever you want. And so, you know, the, I'm sure the first thing that happened is what we saw in the episode was Trish is like, it's like, all right, let me say, I got to say something. And, uh, and then here comes Lindsay and she's like, Hey, Trish, get real. Like, uh, she's like, no, 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 let me, let me finish. And she doesn't let, she doesn't let Trish talk at all. So yeah. it did sound like Trish was trying to say something along the lines of, Hey, this is, I know this is a tough situation. Let's make the best of it. And Lindsay didn't want to let Trish talk. Yeah. And so, yeah, because we never heard her finish. We don't know what she was And then say. once she started cutting her off, then, and, and it's also just like we saw kind of last season with Tina, when she started yelling at Tyson, she's like, you just made a terrible decision. And, mm-hmm. um, and then because yeah. she, she's like, you, you, you know, you basically, you're stupid. You made a bad decision. Then Trish is like, like, Oh really? Really? What's your alliance? And she's like, well, I don't have an alliance, you know, and, and she's like, yeah, because you and Cliff yeah. were the alliance and now it's gone. And so, you know, she then, you know, then they, and again, I felt like Lindsay was getting into with the personal attacks of your mouth, your teeth or whatever. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ask me if you think I'm annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you think I'm? they were both. Escalating. Yeah, so it was get it was escalating. But I did not think that Trish came out and was like, hey, Lindsay, how do you like them apples? Nah, 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 nah. You're next. You're next. You know, it it wasn't like that. So I didn't see anything on the part of Trish that was like, hey, you know, I'm throwing the flag. That's unsportsmanlike conduct on Trish. You know, she's being a bad sport. I didn't see it that way. Yeah, no. And I'm, I'm sure if Trish had said something more horrible or, or, or crazier, they probably would have shown it because that would have been great TV. Right? Yeah. Again, I did not see any. This is sort of like the artist Mike Scoopin thing where it's like, uh, well, from what we saw on the show, like I don't see anything that was like, you know, so bad. But, the, you know, they just they, they hate each other and Lindsay and Trish hate each other. And it's it's a bad thing. Now, I sort of was in this a similar situation to this in Survivor the Amazon after Alex got voted out, okay, we blindsided Jenna and Heidi, and it was similar to where you know, woo. I think also was that was that with seven people in in the group, and it was there seven people in in their group. I think yeah, I, th- I think so. So what happened was I voted with Butch and Matt and Christy, and I was they thought I was with their four. I was the Tony basically, and they thought I was with their four, and I was really with a different four. And so Alex got voted out. That was the Cliff Robinson, and then here's Wu and Trish. And when we so when we came back to the camp, uh, Jenna and, and Heidi were like, you know, livid. They were so they were so pissed. You are fr- you are a friend, and I was kind of like, guys, you know, I just want to say, I just want to say that there, you know, there's a reason for why I did what I did, and they were like, you know, they were pissed. They were like, we don't, you know, we don't care about what you have to say. Like, you know, they got, they were like really, really angry with me, and I was just, I, I feel like can relate to how Trish was that I was like, hey, let me just explain what I did, and much like Lindsay, they didn't want to hear me. Now, I didn't force the issue and turn it into like, hey, you know what? Screw you. You two are next. 
and uh, I would look very foolish if I would have done that. Uh, I, be- I believe what you what you said uh, was uh, if you're unhappy with me. Well, right, that was a different R-O-P day. Onion. That was the, that was still the next day, <laughs> but that w- that was coming. That was coming. But you know that hey, it's like hey, I gotta try to fix this a little bit because these people are sore with me. But you know, I felt like you know, time heals all wounds, and yes, uh, it certainly did exactly. in that case. I don't know if it would have with Trish and with Lindsay, but. I mean, I'm sure it would have. That's why I was so surprised that she that she quit. Uh, like, you don't want to quit right after a fight. Like, at least sleep on it. You right? Sleep on it. You don't go to bed angry. You don't quit the game angry. Yeah. So. Yeah, because she's not mad at her now. I don't think. Right? Yeah, I just go back to that. She, you know, the show doesn't pull you out of the game at camp. Like that does that does not happen. Um, I, I can't even think of a time if it did ever happen before when you quit that you you want to quit and production says okay well like uh, let's get get you to the reward challenge. Uh, this is when when Jenna Maraska quits on Survivor All Stars. Austin quits at a, at a, a tribal council. Colton quits at the redemption island duel but they bring nayanka and purple kelly they bring them to tribal council that they quit it does not happen for non-medical reasons where people uh quit uh kathy sleckman i think that jeff came to the camp but that was sort of like a uh mental medevac type deal so yeah can you think of anybody i'm trying to think of janu did she go to tribal council yeah, that was at Tribal Council. Some people think that Jeff talked her into quitting to save, uh, to save Stephanie, Stephanie. But, uh, but I don't know. I guess Ian Rosenberger, would, but that was sort of like a time-saving thing. It's like, well, you know, you guys have been out here for 10 hours. Why don't we just not go to Tribal Council? Uh, Brandon Hance, he quits the game at a challenge. So, I, I th- yeah. you know, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think this is a first that somebody just like ups oh, and leaves definitely. from camp. Definitely a survivor first. And yeah. And I think God knows what she must have said about what she was gonna do. Like, hey, I'm gonna, you know, I'll murder Trish right now and you'll got you guys are gonna have a you know, this show will be canceled because uh when I murder her, then you, it'll just be off the air. And they're like, All right, let's get yeah. Jeff in here. Like, oh okay. Um <laughs> You know, it reminded me a little bit of the of the Kathy one in that um, you know, Kathy quit after Jonathan Penner left the game because he was kind of like uh, her comfort out there. So I, I I was kind of thinking like maybe Cliff leaving the game, like maybe Lindsay really hated Trish, but Cliff was her comfort. And I have no idea. I'm just kind of making this up. But but Cliff not being there, he wasn't there to like calm her down anymore. Uh, so she was kind of about to lose it. Yeah. Um, so God knows what she actually said she was going to do, but I feel like we're not giving yeah. Trish enough credit here because if I do something that makes somebody quit the game, who's my enemy, shouldn't I be given some credit here strategically? Now, I don't know how premeditated this is uh, or this was from Trish, but don't you feel like as a strategy, this was not a bad play on her part? Yes, I'll, I'll agree with that, but I don't. I don't think this is what she was trying to do at but all. I mean, but wasn't it, this? It I mean, up, isn't yeah. this like the execution of like what Amanda tried to do to Alyssa on Big Brother last summer? Uh, I believe, yeah, yeah, that is that would be. You know, we've seen correct. contestants on a reality show say, "Hey, I'm going to make this person so miserable that they quit the game," and mm-hmm. I don't know if this was Trisha's intention, but it worked. 
And I feel like um, whether it was intentional or not, I feel like maybe we're not giving Trish enough credit for this. Yeah. I mean, well, in, in your uh, exit interview, I, Lindsay said that she thought it, it was on purpose, I think, right? Yeah. So good for, good for Trish. I think this is, this is part of the game. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I'm interested to find out if, if she really was. I don't think it was. I don't think it was don't premeditated think it was. of, okay, I'm going to just, you know, great on Lindsay until she self evicts. But if it worked, it worked, right? can't argue with the results especially pre-jury yeah because she's not gonna you know if this was a jury person this would be a bad idea but if you're gonna say uh, pre-merge i'm gonna grate on somebody until they kick they quit the game (laughs) why the hell not yeah okay and if Lindsay was still around for the merge she probably would have jumped to the other side and said like let's let's she'd be a vote for trish yeah let's burn these guys Okay. Yeah. Uh, so here, here's a question from our buddy Ron Chan. Always has insightful questions and does not disappoint today. Here's a question from Ron Chan. Hi, it's Ron from Toronto. Rob and Alex, what has a better chance of happening? Winning Survivor or a sequel to Reality Game Masters this summer? Okay. <laughs> what has a better chance of happening? Woo winning Survivor or there being another reality game masters this summer. Well, I would say at this point in time, there's almost a 0% chance that there would be another reality game masters this summer. So I feel like that is pretty close to zero. There's been no plans, uh, no, no uh, money raised or anything like that to do reality game masters about, this summer how about this rob if Wu does win survivor then we'll then we'll do another one this summer. <laughs> um i feel like but i think what was interesting to me about this question is what has a greater chance of happening yeah is there a greater chance that Wu will win survivor or a greater chance that reality game masters could happen now for reality game masters to happen, now we could get completely we could get completely inspired, and in fact, just by talking about it, I think we're raising yeah. the chances that it could happen. Now, Wu's chances of winning Survivor, what would you say they are? Oh man, not good. Very Pretty good. slim, I would have to say. Well, give me very, very, very slim. Okay, uh, over yeah. under. Does Wu have a five percent chance to win Survivor? Uh... Maybe, yeah, maybe 5% at, at the most. I don't so if we were going to simulate this season 20 times, Wu would win it once from this point on? Well, I'm also, no, well, like, if you could simulate it 20 times, he'll, he'll, he'll win because different things could happen, you know? But you would give so him one, given what's one win? So far and how much we've seen of Wu. It does not look good for. for right, well, him. let's let's make it a little more scientific. So, if we were going to simulate this season a hundred times, okay, uh, mm-hmm. would Wu win five of those times? Would there be five seasons that we simulated this from here this point on? How many of those times would Wu win? I feel like um, five is high. Yeah. I could see like one or two times in the hundred. Uh, who wins the most times in the hundred, the hundred uh, times? Simulation? Well, I would say probably uh, Spencer or uh, or Tasha. Tasha, I like Tasha. 
No, uh, no Sarah, no LJ in the mix. Um, well, here's my question. I have a question about this idol and whether, because I know there's the new rules with the idol. Actually, we're, we'll get to what we'll, I have a question about. Okay, that. We'll, 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 we'll get yeah. to that because that that because uh, I'm not sure how how that works. So that would depend. I don't know who's in the best well, spot. You're going to be so a, a terrible resource when I when I have a question about how that works. I oh, thought you had the answers. Oh no! <laughs> uh, well, I will tell you. I tweeted Tyler Perry today. And he did not. Respond. Did you really tweet Tyler Perry? <laughs> I what did, did he say? I did. You did not say anything. You asked him how the idol works? Yeah, I was figuring he'll know how the idol works, right? <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. He didn't get back that's, to me. He's, he's busy making a, making a Medea movie okay. or something. So I, I would say, I think the, the chances of Wu winning Survivor, I feel like, are somewhere around 2 to 3%. Uh, the chances mm-hmm. of there being a reality game masters, I kind of feel like it might be in that ballpark. What yeah. call it? They're both low. They're both about the same. Uh, but but I should say which one's greater. Yes. Yeah. Um. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'll say being having another reality game masters would be great. I would say woo winning Survivor. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty cool, but it's pretty close. <laughs> it's pretty close. They're both very. Let very us know low. in the comments. Let us know in the comments what you think. Okay. Uh, let, right, let's talk about your your precious idol. Okay, and let's go to our buddy uh, Kurt Clark, aka the Tabulator. He has a question about how the idol works. Hey, Rob. This is Kurt from Chicago. So I imagine that with the merch next week, we'll finally get into the Medea Saves Survivor part of the season and witness the introduction of the Tyler Perry Immunity Idol. And given that this turns the now standard and expected rules of immunity on its head, do you think that the new rules for it will be explained to the entire cast? It seems that not making these new rules public prior to a tribal council wouldn't quite be playing fair. Also, would someone publicly winning the new idol early in the merge rather than secretly finding it perhaps be a way to negate some of its power when, when everyone could still band together against its threat to force its play? Keep up the great work. So what do you, first things first, do you think that when we have the merge next week, will Jeff say, hey, just so you guys know, there's a new idol in play. There's the, the diamond power of immunity where if you can play it after the votes get cast. I think that's probably the, the most fair way of, of doing it, I guess. Cause, cause otherwise how will people know? Well, right? I guess you could, the other way you could do it is you can have people find the idol. So let's say hypothetically speaking, we go and say, okay, that you guys are great news. It's a merge. You guys are going to go to brains beach. Okay. And that's going to be the new merge camp. And at brains beach, there is a new idol that's in play. Okay. So somebody finds Tony finds the, the new, the newer idol. And in the newer idol is the note in the Tyler Perry idol that says, this you have now gotten the new diamond power of immunity Tyler Perry idol. Uh, you can now play this idol after the votes are cast. So it would be maybe only that person would have that information. Yeah, but then that seems like unfair for for everyone else. It doesn't like 
before the season starts, you get like a rule book, right? With all the <laughs> yeah, rules. I, in it. I think you get a contract. Think. Yeah, that would be a little big brothery where like somebody in the pow- in the house has a power, but only that person knows it and the other players don't know that the power exists. I feel like that in the history of Survivor, that has not happened before unless I'm missing something. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I don't. Th- yeah, that is definitely a, a big brother thing. Um, so I hope I hope they don't do it that way. Uh, but yeah, I'm interested to see what happens. I hope it doesn't ruin the season. <laughs> I don't know. If the season's been going pretty good. I hope Medea doesn't yeah, derail the it season. Is, yeah, I hope not. I hope whoever finds that idol doesn't like just automatically just win the game. I'm holding out hope because I think it could be an interesting strategic wrinkle that we have to uh, work around. And I think yeah. like what Kurt said, if somebody finds it early in the season and people know about it, then you could have like a, a you know a scenario where a bunch of people have to try to split the vote. Um, and I think you could see some and people are bound to screw that up. So I feel like making the game more complicated and hopefully that's what this does and doesn't make it easier for somebody to just say, hey, I'm just going to play this all the way to the end. But when you add more layers to the game, hopefully it makes it complicated and hopefully it gives people more room to trip themselves up. So that's my hope for what happens with this Tyler Perry idol. Yeah, hey, maybe Wu will find it. Hey, well, that would up his chances. <laughs> yeah, Woo! Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's go to Albert in California, and he wants to talk about uh, Cass's comment about the Brains tribe uh, needing their zombies. Hey, Rob, this is Albert calling from Preston, California, and I'm going to nerd it up for just a moment. I'm pretty sure Cass was talking about the voodoo zombies uh, that don't eat brains, and I think that's probably what she was talking about, and not the current zombies. Uh, but anyhow, I still think uh, that they're not going to be able to control anyone anyhow, and so the point is probably moot. Thanks. All right, so let's talk about, about this and, and what Cass meant. Now, Alex, I know that you are uh, a a film buff in general. Are you a horror film buff? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that what would the zombies uh, need with the the brains? I think that, uh, you know, I had tweeted last night. I think a lot of people also uh, <laughs> made this made this same joke that, uh, Cass, are you crazy? Zombies eat brains, uh, typically. <laughs> she actually wrote back to me, and uh, she wrote, so long as they don't eat crap for brains, we should be okay. So that's been her nickname <laughs> for the Brains Tribe. But... So for Cass to say, we were smart all along. We just needed a body to, we just needed people to boss around. We found our zombies. What do you think? Is this sort of like the uh, Weekend at Bernie's type zombie? Uh, well, that's that's not really a zombie, but that would, uh, but that would be probably the, the one that they would want because uh, he's not really a zombie. He's just dead, and they just move him around. Uh, yeah, with voodoo. See, I think what Cass should have said is, I think what what she the metaphor she was going for is that we were just like Fr- Doctor Frankenstein, and that we had the brains, but we didn't have the body to put it in. So now we found our Frankenstein. I think that yeah. would be the better metaphor for what she's trying yeah, to say of a disembodied brain or the other way she could have gone is uh, that we 
we had the brains all and we just didn't have the body to put it in. Uh, we are Krang from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and we needed the body to put the Krang brain in to be able to control and move around the, the, uh, the thing with Shredder, the giant ball in, uh, Dimension X. <laughs> Yeah, she definitely should have said that in like a minute long <laughs> confessional. Of her so either Frankenstein or Krang. Uh, is there anything else where people got a different brain? Uh, no. Well, what about weird science? There's no. No, brain that was in that, the, that two guys uh, made like a sort of a. Uh, something on the computer. I don't really know if she was like a robot or a computer program, yeah. but she sort yeah, of had magic. Uh, I don't really understand how that how that happened. I'm really just reaching. Here. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe somebody <laughs> in the comments has a better analogy, but I think Fra- Frankenstein or Krang, I think might have been what Cass was looking for. All right. And one last question. This is from uh, Brandon Alexander, and he has a question about Alexis going out of the game when she did okay here's brandon alexander hey what's up rob um this is brandon from cleveland uh i just want to address uh that alexis was another uh extremely attractive woman on survivor who didn't make the merge and you she talked about it you know in her uh uh last words and that got me thinking i think you should really reconsider I know Cap was the one that started this, but even reconsider your stance on uh, dating women not making the merge because I guess, you know, people have jokingly agreed with her, but I completely disagree when you think about some of the names of uh, the girls that have been on Survivor, uh, Katie Hansen, Hope Driscoll, Sydney Wheeler, Michaela Wingle, Simhar, Ashley Trainer, and those are just recent seasons, and not even to get into the big brother people like, uh, you know, Laura, Kristen, Cara Monaco, and Liza from BB Canada, Cassie, who might be the finest woman on the planet. I'm just saying. So I think you should guys should reconsider the rule. Um, all right. And I'm interested in what, the, what you guys have to say about it. All right. Peace. All right. Brandon in Cleveland. He's, is it time? That we need to reconsider the rule that if you if you didn't make the merge, you are undateable. Alex, what's your take on this? This is a really important issue. Yes, uh, and uh, you know I've I've thought a lot about it. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm Big Brother. There is no merge. They make so the jury. Fair, they make the jury. Yeah. I, I think that's the same thing. The jury. Yeah. The jury. Um. Yeah. I don't know if <laughs> I think we should keep the the ban but but here's my my thought it's uh it's more of a su- suggestion uh and i feel like it uh it actually kind of levels the playing field for, for like these these hotter uh females um it makes them more obtainable because they didn't make the merge for for uh for more like your average guy so i think it's totally fine Here's the thing. Okay, first, first things first. Um, I would say, you know, if if I was if I was not married, you know, I would, you know, cut off a- any number of a, of appendages to go on a date with any of these women that are mentioned. First off, okay. So 
I, all kidding aside, I would never be subscribed to the, oh, well, she didn't make the, you know, she didn't make the merge. So I'm not going to date her. Um, you know, I'm lucky if, you know, any, a woman with a pulse is going to go on a date with me. So any of these, any of these women would be, um, you'd be insane not to go on a date for. I think where Kat got confused here is I feel like if she has it backwards, as far as the men and women, she was worried Hayden's not going to want to date her because she didn't make the merge. And truthfully, at the end of the day, guys don't care about whether a girl made the merge or not on the list of like a hundred things that a guy is going to care about, uh, whether or not she made the merge is not one of them. However, when we look at things through the opposite sexes point of view, I don't think, I think that the rule holds true for a woman with, when she looks at potential reality TV guys. And I don't think a woman who made the merge should date. I, I see. I don't think a guy who doesn't make the merge is dateable for a woman who does make the merge. What do you think of that? I think that makes a lot of sense. Actually. Yeah, I think that's. I, I like like I mean play it out like let's uh, let's talk about it like where um you know hypothetically like could you imagine like if Parvati was gonna date you know Mikey B yeah well, just you know, throwing that throwing that out there or something like that you know and I I don't think I don't think a woman who made the merge on Big Brother on Big Brother or uh survivor should date a guy who did not make the merge because I think that it is bringing her value down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean that, uh, I, I mean, I agree with that. I think that makes perfect sense. (laughs) I mean, well, the truth of it is, I mean, it doesn't really matter, but I think that that's a good, that's a good guideline. Yeah. And I think that there are some examples where that has happened, uh, that, uh, uh, Danny Donato married uh, Dominic from Big Brother 13 and that's a that's a notable example but I think for the most part I think that the whole purpose of why a reality TV woman would date a reality TV guy is because that they would want the fame from it uh, whereas you know an attractive woman could d- date anybody if she's dating a reality guy that's because she wants to you know put their star power together and yes. have a you know a public sort of showmance where it's a, and then we're going to combine our names and we're going to you know increase our star power because we are a reality tv couple whereas for the most part, again, I don't want to speak in too many generalizations, but a guy is looking for a woman who is attractive. Um, and there, that's why they're dating this reality person is not because that, Hey, we're a power couple now. It's because, Hey, this girl is hot and I know her. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't see any reason why, like hypothetically, uh, you know, if, you know, LJ made the merge and he wanted to date Alexis. Like there would be no reason why I would think that would be a problem. But, you know, hypothetically speaking, you know, if, 
you know, uh, I'm trying to think of the guys who uh, who have gone out here uh, early on. Garrett? Yeah, let's say okay, let's let's use Garrett. Okay, it, I, you would think it would be odd then if Morgan gets to you know the final six and then she's dating Garrett. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think we've had a, a real breakthrough today. I mean, you had the breakthrough, and, I, I just, and Kat, I who you know maybe at times is confused. I think she understands the rule from her point of view. Oh, like oh, hey, I made the merge. I shouldn't be dating uh the rooster from survivor one world that would be weird so now i didn't make the merge hayden's not going to want to date me but she didn't think it through that oh oh it doesn't matter because i'm a girl and a guy's just gonna date me because i'm attractive not he doesn't care if i made the merge yeah well also i feel like it's different if you've been on multiple seasons and like you make the merge yeah i think it all stars throws it out and I, i don't know if this is the uh, one of the most uh, offensive things I've ever said, or one of the most uh, accurate things I've ever said. But I do feel kind of like a mixture of both. I, I, I mean, there, it does not come from a place of trying to be offensive. It just is coming yeah. from a place of that. I, from a sociology perspective, of somebody who has studied the reality TV for the last fourteen years, I'm telling you, this is how it is. And maybe you guys have a list of examples that will prove me wrong, but uh, guys who make the merge should not care, should not be a thing whether or not a girl made the merge or not. If she if she looks good to you, you should definitely date her. Uh, for a girl who makes the merge, I think it's weird to date a guy who did not make the merge. And that is that is officially. My, the opinion of Rob as a podcast. So a woman who did not make the merge is dateable. Guy who did not make the merge is not dateable to a woman who did make the merge, but is still dateable to a civilian. Does that make sense? Amen. Amen. Okay. There you go. All right, Alex, uh, let's, you want to jump into some social media? Oh man, I would love. <laughs> yeah. To. Oh, I hope I didn't, I, I hope I didn't wear you down with that, uh, with that discussion. Yeah. That was great. I was just trying to, I was just checking Twitter to see if Tyler Perry. <laughs> Did he? He has not yet, right? No, not okay. yet. All right. Here we go. Uh, I told you about what Cass had to say to me. Uh, she also tweeted last night, by the way, um, that Jeff Probst uh, inappropriate comment. There really wasn't one. I decided uh, a while back that I'm not going to force it if he didn't have one. So uh, I could read you a bunch of things that are like real stretches, but uh, did not just just my luck. I'm on the podcast where there's no inappropriate. Yeah, the, the one thing he did say, which I thought was pretty odd, and a lot of people mentioned this on Twitter, was about how there was the one the one point where he says, um, "Okay, here's uh, Jeremiah and LJ, the two um, two mountain men, right? Oh, okay, it's the battle of the bearded mountain men. Uh, didn't you feel like that was an odd comment? <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that is that is a little out of nowhere but uh jeff does that sometimes. are either lj or jeremiah bearded mountain men i mean they're bearded <laughs> i right? guess so so this is like halfway there what constitutes uh, a mountain man are they are they I mountains don't... of men are they just like big guys <laughs> or are they literally from the mountains is he saying that their their muscles look like mountains? I don't know. Are they like? Are they from Colorado? Is either of them? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't. And think mountain so. men, I think, are like like hill people. 
You know, <laughs> I feel like that's yeah. sort of a slanderous mountain man. Yeah, I think you just said it because it sounded good. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Uh, Spencer at Spencer BGM uh, tweeted last week's RJP uh, funniest podcast of the season thus far. Uh, he made it. He made it all the way. Hashtag know it alls. There you go. So thanks, thanks oh, to Spencer. Man. But things well, there's no pressure on this. No pressure one, on this one. But uh, things are not as good uh, for Spencer this week because Alexis underscore Maxwell. Uh, she tweeted, "Who is lovely in the exit interview with me today?" Uh, she tweeted, uh, "Spencer's a bully." Simple as that. Did you find Spencer to be a bully last night? I don't know. He he didn't say maybe the nicest things about Alexis, but it it certainly wasn't uh, mean spirited. So I wouldn't say that he was he was a bully. Um, I think I think everything he said was he had his confessionals were very strategic, uh, and he voted her out because she was a threat, not because he didn't like her. So. Then uh, I don't think he's a bully. What go- basically Alexis is taking shots at Spencer, and now here comes Bryce taking some shots at Alexis, and he says, uh, "Do I smell karma?" Hashtag dot dot dot. Hmm. Hashtag Survivor. Well, there was no love lost between uh, Alexis yeah. and Bryce. They were they were not fans of each other. Yeah, definitely, definitely not. Um, although, same reason. I don't know if Alexis is a bully either. She's very strategic in voting out Bryce because he he was he was a smart guy. Yeah. Okay. Then uh, we also had um, Tony was was out there. Wait, Rob, that's a, that's a question I have. If if someone votes you off, does that make make them a bully? Is that? I don't think so. I don't think that that makes them a bully. But you can block them on Twitter. I think that's a, that's yes. okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. Um, here we go. So this is from uh, Tony. Uh, Tony was really pushing this. Have you seen this like fan art that Tony is made? I have not. So basically, there's like a picture of Tony wearing the immunity idol with like he's like really like ripped, and he's like in front of like a cra- like a stadium of people, and there's like uh, airplanes flying, and it's basically like Tony like. Um, like saying like let's make some noise and people in the in the stadium are holding signs that say we love tv tony you rock omg it's tony uh team tv and uh, so i guess last night coach had awarded um tony the least honorable award and uh coach said uh, come on uh slayer uh lol please rt my ad so uh tony is asking for retweets of the fan art Wow. Yeah. Tony's really going all out on on, on social media. He's really, yeah. He's Yeah, on social media. He's 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 taking full advantage of of everything his fans. Yeah, he's he's got he's really going for it. Um he he's he's he plays as hard on social media as he does on Survivor. <laughs> Absolutely. By the way, there is also in a related note uh talking about coach, uh there's a developing bromance going on between <laughs> coach and the specialist. Oh yes, the special. I thought you were going to say woo. No, uh, that uh, just this afternoon, Philip tweeted at uh, Survivor tweet. Uh, I don't know why you know th- that would be something you would tweet to CBS Survivor, but uh, fans <laughs> follow the real Dragon Slayer 
at the real underscore coach has soul. Music can be heard uh, by the universe. And then uh, the co- and then coach wrote back. I learn something from the specialist every day. That's how you keep it real. Uh, hashtag learn from those around you. And then uh, <laughs> and, and then they've going going back and forth. So uh, Philip and Coach now friends on Twitter. Oh, is that a future Survivor season? Uh, could I think it was uh, could have been a past Survivor season. I think Philip said no, <laughs> and I think they got Ozzy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So here's where things really take a turn. So you know my favorite part of the social media segment is we talk about what Eliza had to say, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now you are on the uh, the East Coast. Uh, you are uh, a, a good friend of the the wine and cheese crew, correct? I, yes, that is correct. I'm a friend. Yes. So let me tell you about, uh, what happened last night. So just a little, a little backstory here. Uh, I was trying to, I know that when two things happen on Survivor, I know they're really going to piss Eliza off on Twitter. One that we had last week or the week before was that when people throw a challenge on Survivor, I know that's going to make Eliza mad and she's going to be tweeting about that. And then also, I know if somebody quits the game, yeah. that's also going to drive Eliza right up the wall. However, I do know from following the season, Eliza hates Trish. So I was interested to see how this was going to be navigated if Eliza hates Trish, but also hates the person feuding with Trish. So I was, I was eager to see how this was going to play out uh, on Eliza's timeline. Now, I'm not sure why Eliza hates Trish also. <laughs> I, I think Eliza... <laughs> Does she need a reason? Just- I remember before the season, Eliza was like tweeting pictures of her with Cliff Robinson. So I think she was very pro Cliff Robinson. Uh, and then yeah. uh, so she was pro the Cliff and Lindsay alliance. But then that was before Lindsay quit. And so then she was very anti Trish because of that. OK, so okay. let's see. OK, so this is uh, we'll start from the beginning. Uh, so Eliza tweets Trish. Don't rub it in the face of the person whose ally you just blindsided. You're just a bitch if you do that. Hashtag survivor. (laughs) Next one. Also, Trish is the worst. All caps. She acts like she cares in a confessional the next day, but that night, she doesn't seem to care. All right. Uh, Next one. Don't get me wrong. I hate Trish, but all caps, quitters are the worst. No excuse to take a spot of someone who'd do anything to be there. Hashtag survivor. Now, okay, so now things get a little... uh, So we get to the point of the episode where Trish makes the joke, well, I've been lying to, I'm really a man. Okay? So we get to to that point in the episode. And again, you know, when, when Eliza gets... When Eliza hates you, you know, she's gonna, she's gonna get offended by everything you say. Pretty much. Um, and that's, that's just how it is. So she was very offended by Trisha's joke about, uh, that she says she's a man. She says, uh, no cut. Wait, that was a joke. Uh, I thought it was a joke. (laughs) We we don't know. She never said that she was kidding. They just cut away. (laughs) So Eliza tweeted, uh, no comment on the, I'm a man line. Transitioning is a hard thing to do. And not something to make fun of. 
Hashtag Trish bitch. Hashtag survivor. Oh so uh, Liza takes it very seriously. You know that I guess there are people who are transitioning yeah. from a from one sex to another. And I guess Eliza feels like this is not a, a subject matter that should be joked about. And she's very well, offended. Thing, was, I don't Was Trish joking about that or was she just joking that she was a man? No. Like she wasn't saying that she was necessarily a transgender. <laughs> I don't know. She, she well, was just saying, I'm a man. Yeah, I felt like that was a little bit of a leap to say that Trish is transphobic to, to make, to make her joke. Um, you know, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't think that there was any sort of uh, coming from a transphobic Not place, but I don't know. That's again, I can't I can't get inside Trisha's head. Maybe she is transphobic. But that was again, I'm just reporting to you that Eliza was offended. Um, yeah. Then uh, next tweet. I hate that Trish is making transphobic jokes. It makes me think that much less of her. I know a lot of people going through it and it's real. OK, so, yeah, hey. We don't know. We don't know with Trish. Is she transphobic? Is she not transphobic? I guess we'll have to wait to find out. <laughs> What's your take? You is. think she's transphobic? Definitely not. I thought it was just a. It was a, a funny joke. Uh, that was also a little awkward. Uh, well, we don't know. <laughs> but we we, we need but, to get Eliza on here, and we'll we'll get to we'll get to the bottom of of all this stuff. But just because you're you're joking about being the opposite gender doesn't mean you're making fun of uh people who are transgender you know but it doesn't mean you're not uh, i mean that i guess that is true <laughs> but uh <laughs> okay we'll find out we'll find out uh throughout the season that the season goes along is trish transphobic and not sensitive uh to the yeah. people uh transitioning that was that was that an insensitive thing to say uh then uh liza one more tweet uh she said did tony really yell top five where the final five after they won Oh my God! How dumb can you be? Hashtag Survivor. She doesn't like Tony either. That was that was last week's saga. So basically, yes, anybody yeah. on the Braun tribe. Um, so I think that's we sort of fi- we sort of uh, figured it out. Basically, she was very pro Cliff and anti Trish and Tony. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. and Sarah. Yeah. She's also well, anti Sarah. I think. Oh, is she? Why well, she was what she was one that? of the brain. She was trying to throw the challenge to get rid of Cliff. So that's oh, yeah. two violations of yeah. trying to throw a challenge and also going against Cliff. Yeah. So very pro, very pro Cliff. Okay, so uh, let's see. Uh, our buddy Tyson had this to say. Uh, he Tyson tweeted: "Is Survivor more difficult for people with tattoos?" Yes, that's your answer. So uh, Tyson uh, interviewing himself on Twitter, uh, uh, taking a page out of the Lindsay book, asking himself a wow. question and answering it. Um, I wish he would have elaborated. On <laughs> <laughs> um, then uh, Denise, uh, the, our guest from last week, she asks Abby Maria, did you once think of quitting because of our tensions? My guess, never. Hashtag respect. Hashtag tougher skins. Um, and Abby Maria wrote, quitting was never an option. Did you think that Abby Maria was going to quit at any point during the Survivor roast, Alex? Uh, no, no. She, she was, she was, quitting in was never uh, an option. Quitting was never, never an option. An option. Uh, and even Russell Hance was impressed with Tony, uh, that Russell Hance tweeted, I have to give credit where credit is due. If anybody ever should be compared to me, I would slightly understand for the first time. 
at Tony underscore Flachos. So Russell, I think, is now on Team TV. Wow. There you go. How about that? How do you like that? So Russell's uh, su- Russell's supporting Tony. Uh, Eliza is uh, anti-Trisha Tony. And, uh, you know, it could be very... It's always exciting in the world of social media. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got to... Uh, you got to stay tuned to see what's going to happen next. Who who's Eliza going to get upset with next? Yeah, I don't well, know. Trish is still in the game. Tony's still in the game. Sarah's still in the game. So we'll we'll definitely bring you more of uh, the ongoing saga of social media. Did uh, did Tony unblock Eliza? On oh, Twitter, I don't know. I, I, there was no update right. on that, so I can't I can't tell you uh, ah. what's going on with that or not. But if anything happens, we'll be sure to cover it. Also, I forgot. Uh, Vetus uh, also had a uh, a couple of good ones that he said. Uh, Vetus top five out of twelve. Where is Brad Culpepper when you need him? There you go. And then he also uh, tweeted. Damn, Linz was pulling for you. I understand quitting before you act out, but that is what Survivor is about. Controlling thyself. I think Lindsay could have probably used a, a little bit of uh, the old Yoga R Us from, uh, from <laughs> Team, team uh, Yoga R Us and, and Yoga Aris. Yeah, definitely. Or some Coach G at the very at the least. Very least. Yeah. Okay. All right, Alex, thank you so much for uh, coming on with us. Uh, thanks for having me. This was very fun. I'm still a little upset that we didn't get uh, an inappropriate uh, comment. Hey, but, I can know. only work with what's on the show. I know. I know. It's not. I don't blame you. Yeah. I don't blame you. Uh, I blame Jeff. <laughs> he's, some weeks he spoils us, and some weeks he's you know he's it's an abusive relationship. Sometimes he hits yeah. us. Sometimes he's like, oh baby, it's okay. Here's a bunch of inappropriate things. Um, can we get can we get that Tony one though? Do you have? Do that? I have it? Okay. <laughs> uh, just. <laughs> <laughs> if if you want, here 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 you go. Here's uh Tony. This is huge. I needed this. Ooh. 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 And there was Tony Velachos with your inappropriate comment of the week for number four weeks at number one on your inappropriate charts. That was, uh, there you go. In honor, in honor of this week in Survivor history. Here you go. It's fantastic. You think it's over, but no, it just keeps, <laughs> just keeps going. going. All right. Alex, thank you so much. Follow Alex Forstenhausler on Twitter with his very long uh, Twitter handle uh, at a Forstenhausler. Yes. Yeah, so you can find out if Tyler Perry ever gets yeah, back to me on how And if you want to follow what Tyler Perry has to say, uh, what is it's, uh, Tyler Perry is uh, at Tyler Perry. <laughs> yeah, at Tyler Perry. Should we, uh, let's, uh, why don't we just tell everybody, you know, everybody Every- should just tweet Tyler Perry and ask him about the idol. <laughs> Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe he'll answer. If it, he'll answer. I'm telling you, if enough, if enough people, so everybody that if you made it to this point in the podcast, uh, tweet at Tyler Perry and let him ask him if, if please. And, and they should have the hash, the hashtag RHAP too. <laughs> so we'll be like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, that'll be what we'll do here instead of, uh, instead of a hashtag that, <laughs> that ask, ask Tyler Perry how the immunity idol works and then, and, and use the uh either use my either copy me or put a hashtag rjp so then we know okay yeah all right alex thank you so much and uh we'll talk to you again soon buddy
Thanks so much. And hello, Spencer, if you're listening <laughs> if you to me. This far. <laughs> okay. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. There you have it. That was Alex Forstenhausler back here on Rob Has a Podcast on what has turned out to be a very long, a lengthy edition of Rob Has a Podcast, fitting for a week with uh, two people going home. All right. So I don't know if I mentioned this on the Survivor Know It Alls last night. Uh, our buddy Josh Wiggler, who blogs for us on RobHasAWebsite.com and is also uh, one of my co-hosts on Post Show Recaps, he has an article up on Vulture.com right now about the top 10 strategic moves all time on Survivor. So if you want to check that out, we're trying to get him uh, scheduled to do uh, some sort of podcast here on RobHasAWebsite.com to talk about it with me. Of course, also, uh, Josh, I'm keeping him very busy doing our... Our 10 days of Game of Thrones rewatch on post-show recaps, getting ready for the season premiere of Game of Thrones next Sunday night on April 6th. But if you want to catch up with us, we are watching one season three episode a day over on postshowrecaps.com live on a Google Hangout. So that's a lot of fun if you want to join us or if you want to check out those podcasts over there. And then, of course, uh, this Sunday night, we'll have the season four finale of The Walking Dead. And we'll have our live podcast at 10.15 p.m. Eastern time if you want to join us once we find out uh, a little more about what's going on with Terminus and all that stuff. All right. So that's going to do it for for me here today. Uh, So many podcasts coming up uh, in the next, you know, it seems like every day we've got something going up here on robhasawebsite.com. Next Thursday, I told you we're going to have the Moret cast. We're going to have Laura and Sierra, and we're going to talk to them about everything that went on last season and get their thoughts on this season and the merge. And it should be a very fun episode of Rob has a podcast. So let me know what you think in the comments as usual. And uh, can't wait to do it again with you guys soon. So take care, everybody. Have a great weekend. Bye.